Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 100. Today, we're going to be talking with Mr. Jeff Browning. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. Episode 100. It's kind of like the 100 miler, or for some out there that don't understand, the hundo, yeah, which don't we that. don't like. No. So we're episode 100. Uh, we got a, a solid guest, second time on the show. Right. So we're going to just, uh, just get after it. So it's time for some words of wisdom and welcoming our guest, Mr. Jeff Browning. Hey, guys. Hey, hey welcome back yeah. to the show. Thanks, man. Good to be back. <laughs> I like being on 100. Isn't that nice? Yes, that's like appropriate. It is, right? Yes, it is. For you. That's my favorite distance. We saved it. So yeah. if you if we, we couldn't did. get you on for this show, we were going to have to go like 99.5. That was our backup plan. <laughs> it yeah. was. Yeah. It yeah. totally Sweet. was. Until we like could get it. you on 100. Yep. So I'm glad it worked out for us because uh, we'll just jump right into it. You're, uh, so you're, you're sponsored by Patagonia Ultra, Ultra Spire. Mm-hmm. Who else we got? Squirrels Nut Butter, Vespa, Goo, Black Diamond, Trail Butter, and Rudy Project. Yes. Wow. So a couple companies you represent. Yes, a few. So do you have a few hashtags that copy and paste? Or I mean, that's, <laughs> a lot. that's a lot. Tagging. Yeah, tagging sometimes is a little, it takes <laughs> a little time when right. you're doing social media. Like, but this is going to take a minute. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I've kind of, for me personally with those, those sponsors, um, all ones I've had, several of them have relationships for a long time, Patagonia especially, um, and Rudy Project both have, have been around for a long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all of them, I use their products. Either I either they approached me because I was already using their product mm-hmm. or I approached them because I was using their product and wanted to be affiliated with them. Right. So I'm most of my sponsors I've been with for a while, and um, I really like what they do, and, you know, I'm too old to... Like play that game. Oh, we'll get into true. that later. <laughs> I am old, <laughs> <laughs> but no, they are. I mean, the sponsors you have are just a solid lineup. I mean, just that's going who down. We it, choose. Yeah, that's like if, right? if if we had our choice, we could throw darts at a board. That's right. ones we'd aim yeah, for exactly. first. Patagonia cool. be first. First for sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, they. I don't think they'd ever want to sponsor us because we spend too much money on them. That's a good point. So it's like, man, that's a big cash cow if we take these guys <laughs> on. <right>? True. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like every once in a while we'll text each other. Hey, did you check this one out? Yeah. No, it gets it's dangerous. Like, it's that like happens, I'm going to save up. For that exactly interest right <laughs> uh, but even all of them you know ultra spire who we, we'll talk about later in the show yep. uh, yeah we have a giveaway yeah I we know. do oh he gave Ooh. it away already i know so, oh was i not supposed to nah, no that's good. okay that's fine we don't save stuff here no um, but yeah i mean all of them do black diamond great history there mm-hmm. you know with rock obviously yeah yeah that was my atta- attachment to them was rock mm-hmm. you know it's hard i mean that's like the famous hand, rock they go hand in hand like you say black diamond to me and yeah. i 
I don't think headlamps, no nope. poles, no nope. climbing. You think, I think rock, rock. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You should be the CEO. You should yeah. be. <laughs> you know, sorry, like, I don't know who the CEO is, but I'm sorry, CEO. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it should be Rock Horton. <laughs> I think it's Peter Metcalf, but yeah. <laughs> well, okay. oh, yeah. Peter Metcalf. <laughs> okay, he should be CEO. Well, no, but here's what they should do, though. He's the NBA stay. has Jerry West as their logo. That Black Diamond needs rock, like an outline of him as their Ooh, logo. Yeah, Good totally. point, right? right? That would be sweet. I would wear that jersey. The Rock he, Horton jersey. He needs to be on the, the Mount Rushmore of ultra running oh, budgets, yeah. right? Yeah. Ooh. Who would you, so who would you yeah. put on there? Four yeah, people. Four oh, ultra. Man, that's so hard. Too bad we're jumping in. Oh, this dude. This is like going to put me on the spot because I'm going to leave someone good out. That's okay, but um, come on. It definitely had to be Rock. Okay, yeah. number one. Okay, Rock would be one. He's leading it, right? Yeah, yeah, he'd lead it. Um, he's just like, you know, I mean. You, <sighs> he Rock made out of Rock. We're talking know, Mount right? Rushmore. Yeah, right? dude, it'd have to be Rock. Um. You know, you might have to put Buzz Burrell in there. I mean, that dude's like done a lot of stuff over yeah. the years. Yeah. Okay, um, we got two. Um, mm. <laughs> what about Ann? Yeah, you'd have to put Ann in there. Okay, three. And then I, we, we got to put another female in there, right? Well, I, they, I just gave we, you one. We, we got to go halvesies here. <laughs> we can't go. We can't be like. We got to be politically correct too. What about one of the gals from Hard Rock? One of the Betsy's. Might have to be one of the Betsy's. Okay. Got, I, kind of giving it to him. I want to put him on the spot. Oh, you're putting me out. Yeah, you know. I was helping him. Okay. Yeah, you, know, you should well, help me, Joel. Well, number here. one, we threw him on the bus. Right? That's what's so now great I'm giving him a little yeah, little lifeline right there. Lifelines. Um, okay, well, you got you got Rock and and Anne for sure. Rock. I mean, they that's like given. Yep, that's and a then given. We talked Buzz. I mean, but Buzz is like. I mean, if I, I throw a bunch of names out there. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You got, you, you'd have to like. You'd have. To, what about Sweetmeyer? I mean, you, you got to put Speedgoat in there, right? I mean. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like he's he's older than I am, and he's like a legend. <laughs> right, he's got the most hundred mile wins. Right. Um, what about Tim Tweetmeyer? Yeah, there's Tim Tweetmeyer, right? Right. Like, how, how many top twenty like sub twenty fours? How many Western times do like they win? Or something? Yeah. How many times do they win Western States? Yeah, like a ton. Yeah. Uh, More than oh, there, the three see, of this us. This isn't fair, man. We there's yeah, this is totally fair. Mount, no, much, Mount Rushmore would have to have like <laughs> ten, like a ten mountain heads, range, right? <laughs> Fifteen heads. It'd be like the fourteeners. <laughs> where yeah. you'd have a bunch oh, it's like of Nolan's fourteen. Yeah, right. Have Nolan's fourteen. Yeah, exactly. That makes more sense. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> be on the spot. He's like, man, that got uncomfortable it's right away. Like, you, <laughs> you guys told me what we were gonna talk about, and this was not on the list. <laughs> this is exactly. not on the list. <laughs> Give me my coffee back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so one of the reasons that it made it so easy is you're uh, you're not in Bend anymore. No, you yeah, are in Logan, Utah. Logan, Utah, which Just is up the road from us. I know that's what's nice know, for yeah. us anyway. I know. Oh, so, I'm stoked. So what's the deal with the move? I mean, Ben. Oh, well, yeah. what's the deal with the move? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty blunt. Well, what, let's get, we've had him on the show before. He's on episode 44. Well, maybe yeah, maybe well he's well not hear. comfortable telling that well, story. Oh, no, I can, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the rundown. All right. Yeah, everyone should know. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. There's actually multiple reasons. Okay. My wife's family lives around Seattle. My family lives around Kansas City. Um, oh. My parents are in kind of sort of failing health. We had to put them in long-term care. Oh. Um, so my brother lives there. Um, so being closer, this kind of puts us halfway between both families. Um, bigger mountains, better skiing, <laughs> better mountain running. Um, those were definitely factors to yeah. moving here. Um, also, cost of living was a little little better here than Ben. Ben's gotten pretty expensive. We've been there 17 years. Wow. Kids raised, born and raised there. Mm. Um, and... You know, I think about things like, what if one of my kids want to live next to me? Can they afford a house? Um, right. 
So those kind of things go, come into play when you're a parent. Right. Uh, oh, especially man. when your oldest is 15, we're getting close to college and, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Oregon's a little more expensive, you know, taxes, everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, Utah's always been on, I, we used to live in Colorado and uh, I miss the big mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cascades are great, but they are just volcanoes and everything else is kind of foothills. Yeah. Um, unless you get up in the Northern Cascades right. by, you know, Bellingham or something, but you know, it's, it's still gorgeous and I'll, I, a part of my heart's always going to be in Oregon, but, um, but I felt like it was best for our family to kind of make this move here. Um, you know, my coaching business has grown a ton in the last co- two years, and um, I, I'm also a graphic designer, so my design time's not that much anymore, and it's mainly coaching. So, you know, that allows me to kind of live anywhere um, as far as, like, you know, I don't, I'm don't, i not tied to a town yeah. uh, for a career. So um, we just decided after visiting Ultra, because Ultra Footwear is based yeah. here, yeah. right, Icon Fitness, so... We came here after Steamboat uh, Run Rabbit Run last year, mm-hmm. drove into the Cache Valley and said, ooh, <laughs> uh, I think I'll move here. Nice. Wow. That's easy to do. Um, yeah. So we just started scouting it and kind of talking about it and decided to kind of do it. And um, we have tons of friends already in you know the Wasatch Front right. um, from ultra running over the last 17 years. So it's not like we you know, move here cold turkey and don't know anyone. Right. Um, plus, I have the connection to ultra here. So... Those are all factors, um, but, you know, just one, and also I think we were ready for a change of scene, you know, my wife and I, m- you know, moved quite a bit, yeah. and we were just kind of ready to do something different, and and this was an opportunity we decided we'd go for. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're, we're happy to have you. Yeah. It's I'm awesome. happy to be here, it's, man. I mean, I'm stoked. You're close to the mountains. Oh, yeah. dude, I'm right We, we on pulled up to your place. I mean, that's a bad thing. We were driving up here. Mm-hmm. And we've been, you know, emailing back and forth, and I get his cell phone number, and I looked at oh, Joel. Yeah. I said, "Oh no!" And yep. Joel's like, "What?" I'm like, "We got to sell. Oh, He's I in know. trouble. We're he best is. friends." I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right next to the mountains, so it's not going to take much to get to a mountain for you. Get on the trails. No, I have better trail access than I had in, in my house in Bend. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And here. a lot too. I mean, there's there's quite a. Yeah, you have the whole Bear River Range. Place to explore up here. You've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of exploring since you've been here. Uh, I did actually just moving. I had a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, we had a lot of house stuff going on before bear. Um, you know, I moved two weeks before the bear. Right. Um, and so I was, I only ran like every other day. Um, so I was exploring, but not a lot. And I kind of saved the course, saved, saved, you know, I didn't run any of the course. Um, I wanted to see it fresh because it was going to be my new backyard. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've been ex- starting to explore, but I've kind of been taking... I took 11 days off running after Bear because it was my last race, and um, I got a touch of a, ne- a sore knee, um, so I've been cycling. My, my son and I got out mountain biked yesterday. Nice. Um, I decided yesterday I needed to do something. I was feeling... <laughs> like anxious. Anxious, you know, <laughs> not working out. Um, but we joined the climbing gym, so we've been climbing mm. in the evenings, the family, Um so back rock climbing a little bit. I used to rock climb a lot before before ultra running took over my life. Nice. Well, you have a, all of it here. I mean, you've got the rock climbing, yeah. Yeah, mountain Bog- biking. Canyon's got some good rock climbing, yeah. in, I think. Yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, I, I hear there's good routes there. We haven't yeah. gone there yet. but And skiing's coming up. Yep, skiing's coming up. Which every time you brought that up, you'd smile like yeah. Oh, yeah, good yeah. snow. Uh, I like powder. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, well... well you know, Utah powder is well known. So it's legendary. It's going to yeah. be way better than wet powder of the Cascades. Well, that's yes. not on the license plates in Oregon. Wet no. powder of the Cascades. <laughs> Here, it's like greatest snow on earth on our license plates. Yeah, so exactly. That's, that's how proud we are of the snow. <laughs> I'm excited for ski season. Well, you've got a lot of, lot to choose from. Hopefully, it waits a little bit. 
right? The I mean, ski yeah, season. Yeah. I, I want to do some fall exploring yeah. stuff. Well, the yeah. colors and everything that are out right now they're are just crazy. Just, they're on point right now. Yeah, it's yeah. unreal. So yeah, in the valley, they're all just peaking. It's crazy. Um, but we, like we said, we had you on episode forty-four, August twenty sixteen at OR, um, which was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, right after the double. Yeah, right, right after that. That's and then right. since then, I mean, just in twenty seventeen, I mean, we we do our, our share of stocking. Mm-hmm. So just this year, um, Hag Mud fifty k, first place three fifty seven, Coyote Backbone sixty eight miles, first place eleven thirty six, Yakima Skyline Rim fifty k, first place five oh seven. Red Devil Challenge, 25K, first place, 201. And then it went south because you finished fourth at Western, not first place. <laughs> I know. It went <laughs> south. Oh, my gosh. 1732. Those dang young, fast guys. I know, I right? Know. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, UTMB, which we're going to talk extensively about here right. coming up. You had UTMB, and we'll, we'll save that, and then the bear. Yeah. Um, so it's had a, another crazy year. I mean, last Super year. Solid. Yeah, I had, yeah. A good, I had a good, yeah, five wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not Four even. in ultras. Yeah, it was good. I had a good season again. Even the ones that, quote, you didn't win were solid, right? Yeah, they weren't JV races. Yeah, not at all. No. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about, we, we got into it before the, the podcast, well, UTMB. Let's right? actually back up a little bit right. and talk about the that one that you did. What is it? The Coyote, Coyote. yeah. Yeah, is that the old, is that the old race? It's so it's a there it's a di- it's the there's the official it just opened the Coyote Backbone Trail. So Where's it's a point, this out It's of? a point to point in the Santa Monicas, okay. in Southern California. All right. Um, it it finishes at um, basically on the Ray Miller Trail, Point Magoo, okay, and starts uh, on the other side of the range. I cannot think of the state park that it starts in, but right. it's a point to point sixty eight miler. Um, very aesthetic, cool route. Um, and it used to be there were two sections that were closed mm-hmm. that they had to get an easement for. All and right. they officially got an easement, and then they got the race put together. Right. Um, Howard Cohen kind of was spearheaded that, one of the race directors. So is this the one where you have to wear the hat with the propeller? You have The leaders have to wear a hat with a propeller. I thought and that, that race thing w- is freaking hot. I thought that went <laughs> away. I thought that race was, like, done, so, Well, right? they've had all kinds of iterations of the... Coyote races, right? So they've had like, yeah, yeah. you had co- Coyote Two Moon. That's coyote right. That's what it was originally. Yeah. yeah. So I did Two Moon. It was the year it got canceled at mile. I was like mile seventy eight or something because it was like nine inches of rain in twenty four oh. hours, and we were in. No, that. thank you. And they were losing the aid station on top because there was like 50, 60 mile an hour winds. Right. Um, and snowing on the top thousand feet and raining on the bottom three thousand feet. So it was. Um, that was in Ojai. So this is a different route. Okay. Um, so th- it's been in that whole area. Right. Whenever they do these coyote things, mm-hmm. but it always coyote always is, has a twist. Like coyote races always have a twist of something. Right. You know they give away crazy, crazy awards and they. They had used wear, to have like bowling, bowling like, the night right? before, night or before something. Or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. There's like costume bowling and right. that kind of stuff. And then we, you know, the propeller is based on whoever's got the highest ranking in ultra sign up has to start with the. Sh- <laughs> the last, the person who's slowest on, who's ranked lowest on ultra sign up, and the person who's ranked top uh-huh. from ultra sign up at the start has to wear the beanies. Like and you have to. So if you're dead last, you have to wear the beanie. And if someone, if you pass someone you and you, you have move to hand it off, second to last, you have to hand it off. Oh, oh, I that's, love that's it. That's pretty cool, though. So yeah. are you just are you DQ'd if you refuse to wear it? I don't know. 
Uh, you, did, you didn't take that chance, did you? I, I wore it for half the race, yeah. and then I stuck it in my, into my uh, back of my shorts yeah. because it was so dang hot, and it has no vents. <laughs> yeah. um, Anytime you and come it was in, a hot Come day. into an A station, you're like putting it on real yeah, quick. Yeah, it was like 80-some, oh. 90 degrees. And it's like a wool cap. Yeah, it's, right? like, a, it's like not a vented trucker no. cap. <laughs> with the spinner on top. It's so, like hot dog on a stick. <laughs> yeah. But once I put that thing on, I was like, it's multicolored, and it's got the propeller on top. And I was thinking, my six-year-old is going to love this. Well, That's he's five right. at the time. He's like, he's going to love this thing. I'm going to own this thing. There you go. <laughs> uh, so it was a good motivator to stay in the front. That is really cool. They need to bring that back in more races. Yeah, it was fun. Bring it back in more races. Like like (laughs) that and the last place one. I like the idea of the last place one. It gets them involved too. Yeah. Right? It gets the motivation to maybe move up a spot to get rid of that thing. And hope they don't want to own it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a cool, it it was a fun, it's a fun event. It was awesome. It was good. And that route was aesthetically pleasing. Was it? Yeah. I mean, you think you're in the middle of nowhere and you pop around the corner and there's some multi million dollar. Hollywood mansion or something, <laughs> yeah. like Hollywood superstar, right? Waxing their Corvette, exactly, <laughs> or Ferrari. <laughs> their Corvette, hey man, old school Corvettes. Jay Leno, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, but it was good. It was fun. That's awesome. So, well, on to UTMB. Yeah, because we got some stories there. Yeah. So we talked about UTMB, and you know, obviously it's not all on ultra sign up. So we asked you the times. You finished in twenty two fifty five, which. Typically is top ten, right? Right, most yeah. years. Yeah, in the last fourteen years, yeah. <laughs> so, so it would have been top ten. So just the last this year little was bit. fighting for twentieth, twentieth spot, right? So w- deep field, deepest field we've ever probably. I mean, arguably we've ever seen in ultra running. And as you mentioned, it was uh, people who didn't fade or didn't. Disappear. Yeah, everyone ran solid. Everyone had experience. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, we just had we saw what four guys going to the. Old course record, mm-hmm. you know, crazy. top four or something. So it's like super fast and, you know, people charging and not really fading. So, you know, and the Americans there's a little did carnage, good. but not a lot. The Americans did good this year, too. Yeah, we had a solid showing this year. And I think we're just, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but I, I think we what we are seeing here is a kind of a, the labor that UTMB and International Trail Running Association has been doing with ITRA rankings and all those things. I, I think Canada came, and and the Ultra Trail wor- World Tour, getting all these elite guy, guys to go to the same races and race each other, and we're seeing Americans racing in Europe more and getting more European experience. Um, I think all that kind of came to fruition this year with this entry list of the men's race being super deep. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, just for it to be that deep, for me to... You know, I looked at the past times and said, okay, here's my target. I want to run sub-23. Okay. And I really wanted to run close to sub-22. I ran sub just under sub-23. Um, and I figured, you know, that's solid in the top 10. Yeah. Right. If I run that time, I'm going to be in the top 10 based on the history of the race. Mm-hmm. And ran that and got 20th. <laughs> right. So, you know, it was a little, you know, th- I was super psyched that I ran that time. Yeah. Right. But it was a little a bit of a letdown traveling all the way there and then getting 20th right um obviously but um but you roll on you know you move on um and i i felt like i ran well you know i just you know it just I happens to, when it's i needed to run like 20 hours so what right. would have what a, a 23 hour got you sub 23 that would crack the top 10 i don't know all the times would off the top uh, of your head what was the, i can't remember what the top 10 was this year time wise 
the tenth place. I didn't. I seemed like you guys were pretty bunched up there, like so close. Oh no, it was close. Right? Like I was in twenty second coming off the last aid station, the last downhill. I passed two guys on the, and I was bringing it on the last downhill and to catch those two guys and pass those guys to get into 20th. Wow. So it was definitely a fight. Like, it, it was const- there was jockeying all the time. It's just like Western States. If you faded it all... You're done. Or messed around <laughs> with your gear or something, you know, you look around, some guy passed you. Right. So, um, and those Euros, man, they're solid on climbing. Like, I could catch guys on the downhill, but right. the climbing is where the Alps... The Alps training is different because it's really technical and really steep all right. the time. And they just have that available to them. And that's their normal training. That's right? their normal training, and they're used to mud. You Are know, they? they're used to some rain, and they're used to moisture. And where you know he, we're here in the West, and we get pretty dry. We get it's like pretty zero. dry all season. Right. You know. Do you think their mindset's a little different too? Like how they the, how they approach the, the the racing is a little different. You go out fast. Right. So you need to learn. Like you need to be working on your tempo, speed. So you can cruise 6.30 pace at the beginning of the race for a 10 or 12K and then and then kind of settle in. Right. Because those guys run really fast. Like they I was do. running six, I was running sub seven, the first 10K. Right. And I was. That's fast. I was in like 80th. Jeez. <laughs> so it's just a different, like it's got to be a different mindset. Cause right. It's like don't go out too fast. But there, if, I mean. Does that put more pressure? You yeah, feel because like? you, you still need to go out fast. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just can't go out too fast. There's right. a balance, and so learning what that balance is, it's a different style of racing because most of the time, um, they kind of a lot of those races won't go straight up right away. They'll kind of we- wind you through some villages so mm-hmm. it's spectator friendly. So there's this like fast warm up, right? Um, and then and then you hit the hills. So you know, just like, uh, and also I think one thing that's different about UTMB, say, versus it has the same amount of climbing as Hard Rock, but Hard Rock's constantly up or down. There's not a lot of flat. Right. Whereas, so that that altitude change is, is uh, over the whole course of the race, right? Evenly, kind of. Uh, whereas UTMB's loop, there's a lot of flat or very, very low grade right. uphill. So you have to be a very strong runner plus a good mountain runner. Oh. So it's a combo. You can't just train one system. You got to train both systems. You got to train your speed and you got to train your climbing. Mm-hmm. Because when you do hit the climbs, they're steep. So all that 33,000 feet of climbing is sandwiched into less mileage than yeah. say oh. hard say a race like Hard Rock. Right. You know, right right. So I think that's what one thing that really hit home to me is that when there's runnable stuff, you got to be able to run really well. Right. Like marathon trained. Was this your first time over there doing UTMB? Second time. Second. I was there in 2015. Okay. It's my only DNF in my career. Oh. I rolled my ankle at mile 17, and I limped to core my air and dropped. Right. Um, at like 47. Right. So I limped 50K on it and tried to keep going, but it was like so swollen. I was limping, and I couldn't even really run, and I finally dropped. It was really hard to drop, but. So when you did in 2015, did you take away that that mental note? Aha! I need to train specifically for this so I can run the low grade yes, stuff. And then I yes, can... I did, but um, I don't think I trained my f- speed system enough this year. Right. Going into it, I just you know coming off Western States, sometimes coming off a race and going back into another race, and I you know I I, I coached a camp with Carl Meltzer mm-hmm. at Colorado Running Ranch for the peak. So I was in the San Juan. So I had tons of climbing, but no right. fast running during that time. Right. Because I was there and you can't really run 
tempo work at 11,000 to 12,000 feet. That's hard to do, right? Yeah. So, because, you know, kind of what you're saying, I mean, in, in trail running or ultra races, there's kind of those two dis- two disciplines, right? You've got, like, a hard rock. Yeah. It's vert, you're climbing, not climbing, running. Climbing, climbing, But then you have, like, a western, which is more runnable. Yeah, you need speed. Yeah. So, you got kind of the two different types. you got to train differently realistically for both those so races we really don't have anything like that here yeah so like utmb is there anything compared i mean i know not like the majesty and the, the climb but is there anything that's like lots of climb but also running that could co- correlate here i'm hmm. trying to think if there's anything i can't think of anything but i mean the thing i i kind of like the alps running especially utmb is a lot like a mixture of like east coast technical oh mixed with really Hard rock. Okay. okay. So it's a lot of rocks. Really rooty, rocky. Mm-hmm. When it is technical, it's really technical. And then there's some buff sections on the Italian side that are like, you need to be like, it's like buff single track with like little teeny tiny like technical sections, you yeah. know, that are like 10 feet. Right. <laughs> you know, you like dance through it like three steps and then you're it's running fun. solid again for a right. while. So you're running fast. You need to be able to like pick it up and put it down. Hmm. Nice. You know, and then that whole at 100K kind of where... Francois made his move on Walmsley um, and Killian uh, coming off of uh, Grand Col Foray. That's all really runnable. There's some technical sections, but it's pretty runnable. I mean, it was muddy in some spots, but it it's very runnable downhill. Um, you know, kind of pretty buff single track. And so there are sections like that where you're just like, you need to be able to run really fast and well, but handle that kind of pounding downhill too. So... It's a th- you got to have all the tools at UTMB. Yeah, you know you can't just be a good mountain runner yeah. right. or you know a good power hiker. You got to you got to be able to run uphill. You got to be able to power hike really steep technical stuff. You got to be able to run really technical muddy, rooty, rocky stuff. You got to be able to run you know roads fast. You know so it's it's definitely the mix. And that's where like going and being a quote unquote veteran of UTMB even adds that much more, right? Where I think so. I think I mean, if it. you look at some, you know, if you look at somebody like Tim Tolfson who ran, who got in the, on the podium, like he's he's been over there training for a while, and he mm-hmm. races in Europe some more than he races. In, we we hardly hear about him in the U.S. Yeah. Right? Right. He did Speed Goat, but you you don't hear about him much over here. He's over there racing, and he's over there training. He was there early training, mm-hmm. um, so he's very used to that terrain. Um, very, you know, what we call specificity of training. And I, I think it shows he's right. an awesome runner and he's fast mm-hmm. and he comes from a marathon background. So he's got good leg speed, right? right. He's got good, fast leg speed. So he can hang, hang at the beginning right. and stay within contact, but not be up front. And he ran really smart. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, And so I think that, you know, he's probably, you know, his, his, his performance at UTMB was very impressive. Well, I mean, like you said, just the how deep that field is. We talk about different races all the time. We kind of like some of the bigger ones. And we say, okay, here's our top three. Here's our top five. Five. But, I mean, you look at that UTMB start list, and it's like, and anything can happen in a race like right. that because we've seen it over the years. But yeah. it's like, you can holy go cow. 50 deep on that one. Yeah, it's like th- right? this, like it 15, 15 to 20 people realistically had Could a chance win to it. win it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah, outside of that. Yeah, I mean, it's and the then deepest there's always, field. Like I said, deepest field we've ever seen in ultra right. running. I and mean, then, we kind of saw history. This and year, do you see that trending that direction going forward? Like I every do. year, it's just going to keep, keep, keep I, adding. Yeah, to I it? think so. And I think there, there, there's so much. You know, anyone who kind of poo-poo's UTMB, like you should go run it, just to experience what 
how the Europeans approach ultra running and how, why they can because they don't have permit issues like we do in the U.S. That's right? true. We we have we have limit on numbers because we're doing them in national forests, right? Right. And those permits have a have kind of a cap of what they can handle, whereas there they don't have a cap, so they can just like. And they have easier access mm. in the mountains there because they live in the mountains, yeah. there's villages in the mountains. Right. So those villages can kind of embrace the race. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very spectator-friendly sport, but it's also a big sport, right? Mm-hmm. Mountain running there is the tradition in the Alps is way deeper just because there's been you know, civilization there a lot longer. Right. And there's a mountain culture there that's really ingrained, and, and it's cool to experience. And I would recommend anyone, if you can get the points... <laughs> Go go run it once, and and get it off your bucket list because it's it's a sweet race just to experience like how big and how, like if you want to f- know what it's like to be in like the Tour de France a, little, a taste yeah. right. of the Tour de France, then you go run UTMB as an ultra runner and it's kind of like that you know you got helicopters with cameras on <laughs> Eurosport TV and you know just ten people deep watching the race on both sides as you leave and as you come back into the city and that'd, go through the villages. Cool. That's the, the part that's like just online that's exciting to mm-hmm. watch, right? When they yeah. have like little videos and you just see the finish shoot and the, yeah. the winners weaving and high-fiving and right. Oh, it's going exciting, nuts. man. I mean, and it's yeah. that way through every village through and during the night. I mean, there's one time in the middle of the night, I'm going up over uh, one of the passes, one of the calls and it was snowing. So it's like 45 degree blowing snow. It's not really sticking, but it's just blowing hard snow in the middle of the night. And I go up over a pass, rocky, gnarly, like this little like kind of drainage crossing. And there's like 12 Italians <laughs> in like full on Alpine gear. Yeah. Hanging out, drinking wine. Yeah. And they've made a tunnel with their arms. Nice. You have to run out of this ravine up through them and they go, oh, <laughs> as you run through. That's awesome. And, you, and then all of a sudden you're back into like hardly any visibility. And right. Like you in feel like world. you're in the, like, what just happened? Did I, was I was hallucinating? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so you have stuff like that. You know, I have kids out in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., like with big giant cowbells, like yelling, ale, ale, right in That's your face. That's what Beckstead was on. We had him on the show. He was like, that was some of his biggest memories was coming to these towns and yelling at. He's like, wow, this is kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, me and yeah, Joel embrace it for sure. Me and Joel have thrown out so many times that we're ready to be someone's entourage. Oh no, we want to be interns. We want to be interns. That's we want to be UTMB interns. Yeah, next year. How we're trying to spin it for next year. Yeah, yeah. so we're, it's like an Indiegogo now is what we know how to do or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to go over there and cover it and just be a part of it's it. It's awesome, man. It's just great to hang out. That whole week is fun. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of like uh, you know it's electric. Yeah, and it's pre- it's it's a cool event, and I and I think we have the chance to have some of that here. I think you know. Um, you know, one 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 race in particular, I think, has the opportunity to do this something like it because they don't have the permit issues that a lot of races do. As m- as big of a permit cap is like Run Rabbit Run and right. the purse. Yeah, they just put a whammy on their purse. They did. For, like they announced. Yeah, it. They for just, the team thing. Yeah, the team yeah, thing. yeah. We're, yeah. Trying, I, I, we're I still run that trying race to figure that times. out. I love that race. I, I mean, the course is it's okay. Right, yeah. right, but there's a section on Buffalo Pass Road that they're going to replace with single track. Oh, that that turn around and mm-hmm. like goes down to 100k and back right. up, like up to 80. It's like 52 to 80. Mm-hmm. That used to be like kind of mostly a road, mm-hmm. like seven miles over kind of double uh, four wheel drive road, and then on to single track. That section, I guess, there's a new trail. Oh, that's great. Um, so I think they're going to replace that, so it'll be mostly single track. That will be. Is good. that something that like would in, like because this is new and we haven't talked to a lot of people about? It. Is that something that team thing? 
have you a chance to see it? Is that something that's interesting to someone like you? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's cool because it's a, the idea is that it's two men, one woman, and you take the top the t- the, the woman time plus the top male time. Oh, so okay. one of the n- times gets thrown out. Yeah, right. Of the three, the three slowest team, basically. The slowest. Yeah, the slowest of the two guys. And if you look at it, like numbers that enter races in ultras, it's about two thirds men, yeah. one third wim- wim- women. So. You know, he has a lot of times has enough trouble getting enough women to enter right. the, the race. race, even so, or the hairs. So, like that, that one's a, a I think, reflecting the entries. Right. That's why they set it up that way. That's why I set it up one, yeah, a one to two ratio. Okay. But I think it's really cool. I think it's a, I think, you know, I think Fred's got some, some good ideas there and, yeah. um, um, for the U.S. at least. And, you know, it's one of, the, that's what is that? That's the biggest person ultra running. So, yeah, it's it pretty big. It's huge. Yeah. You can, Come out of there with a good yeah, payday. Yeah, they pay seven deep. Yeah, you know, for the for the hairs. So for me going there, that's why I like to go there. It's just like plus you get a master's premium if you're the first masters. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, there's a lot of reasons I like to, to chase go the there. Money. Yeah. I know. Why not? Yeah, you're doing I know. something you love, and if it, if it fits yeah, it's the way schedule. better than going to Vegas. Yeah. you might get shot in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that's sad. Um, so yeah, that's because we've we've talked about that and it was kind of it's it's new. And it's like, I wonder if this will catch on, right? You know, does um, it have staying power? I hope it does. does it, yeah, does it have staying power? I mean, this year will be interesting to kind of see how it is, ex- right? Honestly, accepted but received. Maybe yeah, is yeah. the best word and it, for and it. it. Man, going to going to Steamboat in September when the Aspens change. Yeah, it's a good time of year to go on vacation. It is a good. Well, time. I think it's a cool other, town. The other thing that's neat about it is that rabbit hair thing. So anybody can go and be a part of it, but you, right. you can be a part of something really cool, right? Cause, yeah, it's I mean, fun. Me and Joel, we're middle-of-the-pack dudes, and we always enjoy you know, rubbing elbows with the, the quote, fast guys well, and gals. That, I li- the other thing I like about that, I know we're getting off on a tangent here. We weren't even planning on talking about Run, Rabbit, Run. That's but okay. One of the things I like about that race, too, is that the, the tortoises start ahead of the hares, and so we're passing them all night. Oh, yeah, And it's right. rare that we get to see each other during a race, unless it's like an out and back, yeah. right? Right. So it's kind of fun seeing the, everyone else and just giving encouragement throughout the night as you're racing and throughout the day as mm-hmm. you can catch people. Um, you know, being in the hare group, we were catching people the whole time, and it's really fun to see pretty much the whole pack. You know, to see everybody, I think that's it's kind of a cool social scene too. So let me ask you this: being a hare on something like that, does it kind of change your mentality sometimes? Because where you're used to running in the front, where sometimes there's no one ahead of you, or two or three people, where you know where you're at, does it make it a little bit different when you're passing more people? Like, I wonder if they're a rabbit or a hare. Uh, I'm usually I mean? well when we go out in the front. I'm usually counting. Yeah, <laughs> how but, many guys are in front of me? But right. I mean, this so one I pretty much can. know most of the time where I am. But. Um, in the pack. Okay. But it, yeah, th- there's sometimes where you think, oh, like is that you see a, a headlamp. And yeah, you, you see know. a headlamp in the night, and then you catch them, and you realize they're. A, you usually catch them pretty fast. Yeah. So you know it's like oh, not okay. a, not a, not a, it's usually a tortoise. It's not a podium person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not taking my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but usually by the time you're really catching people, you're in the second half of the race, right? And they're after like 40 or 50 miles. I mean, you catch a few of the back of the Packers early mm-hmm. on, but you start catching other people throughout the night, you know, in the second half. And by that time, it the race is starting to shake out. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know where you are. If, so you, if you're in the money, you know where you, you are. Know where you are. Right. Yeah. And so what is, is it a six, did you say it's a six hour difference? What's the difference between the... the, the I think it's a four hour difference. Four hour, okay. Eight, I think it starts, tortoises start at eight in the morning and um, hares start at noon. noon. Okay. Hmm. I'd like to see them, I'd love to see them move it. Um, because the hares have always won oh, yeah. against the tortoises. So I'd like to see a move to like two start. Oh, and that way, a the couple more hours, a couple more hours. And the leader, 
the leader always finishes like five in the morning or something. Right. So no it'd be there. nice <laughs> if everyone kind of finished it in the, you got a little more running in the morning. Yeah. In the daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, because you end up running that race mostly at night. Yeah. Right. If you're in the front. So it's like, if you're a hare, it's like, all, all night, night dark, you know, because yeah. you start at noon and you only get, you know, maybe six, six and a half, seven hours of daylight and mm-hmm. then it gets dark and then you finish like right at first light. Right. You know, or like right after it gets light, maybe an hour. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to like see him move the hairs to like two o'clock. So six hours. And it'd be a little more of a challenge for the front hair to That's catch true, the would. front tortoise. That'd be awesome as a tor- just running the tortoise race just to see how Somebody well you can do. to the tortoise race? No, just right. to, if you're a, you know, a legitimate tortoise. Well, usually tortoise. about 22 hours yeah. wins the tortoise race. Wow, that's still that's fast. Still it's still fast. What's the hair finish time? 17 something. Whoa, five hour difference. Huge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Make it at like. Make I don't know what the average more at this point. They have some data, so yeah. whatever that average is, maybe Just it's a one o'clock it. start. But make it like really close. Yeah. So like they're catching them. Like it's a race at the last downhill or something. Oh, see, that'd think, be so see, cool. That's what, I'm needs to be, what? So what incentive do the tortoises have to finish first? Is they there? get cash. Like the first like, tortoise gets like cash. big time. Uh, I think it's like a couple hundred bucks, two or three hundred bucks. It needs to be a little higher. <laughs> It would you know be a thousand bucks. Yeah. That'd be sweet. That would, be, would be sweet. It would be right? sweet. Like a thousand, five hundred, three hundred or something. Enough, something like three. that. Exactly. There's enough money in that pot. They but then, like you said, adjust it on that data. Adjust it on the data that uh-huh. they have now because they've done it long enough yeah. that you could take the average average mm-hmm. winner of the tortoise race, the average right. winner of the hair race, right. average that out and start them that that much apart. Uh-huh. That'd be neat. But so how are we how are we going to make sure that we're not having like I so think like you, could, you No, in, here's in how there, I think it should right? be. I think it should be 5 so let's say 500 for first for tortoises. Okay. Say 300 200 or something like that. Is that because they're And then you give an money? incentive uh, for right. the tortoise to beat the hare. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he gets an extra preem, like a $500 preem if oh. he beats the hare. Yeah, yeah. So he get 1000 bucks. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's what I was going to say. You need to do that. Because as, a, as a, a hare or a, a tortoise, I mean, think about not letting them pass you. That's kind of a, another incentive. Whether you're 30th, 20th, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you yep. just say, man, I wonder if I could, if I have a five, six-hour head start. If I can hold him off. If I can hold off, hold the, off top the top hair. hare. And that could be anybody in the in the tortoise race, really, yeah. that see what they it's can do. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that'd like be that a really idea. cool idea. Yeah. Chase, chase the chase the rabbit, but mm-hmm. be chasing the turtle. Call call this the Browning rule. The Browning rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. You can in, in, put that in there to section nine, yeah. verse four. I'm whatever. calling Fred. <laughs> call him right <laughs> yeah. now. As soon as we get off, he's got my cell. Um, no, that'd be kind of cool. But I, I like kind of going back to it. It is kind of like you mentioned, kind of bringing that over to the U.S. Right from it's the closest thing right, right now. Well, Carl tried to do it with Speed Goat. Right, I mean, he, that was really close. Yeah, because you can get a lot of spectators on on the that peak, course on the peak at on least. The peak. Yeah, I have to go do that race now that I'm local. Oh, I have yeah. never done it. You like, never, well, it's just been you know it's a long it's, it's a long, long haul drive. from Bend to Salt Lake. Yeah, um, for a 50k. There's a lot of local races you got to do now. Yeah. Oh no, I got right. a whole new list of I local know. races now. We'll get, throw a couple on there. For well, you. I have all these standards that I've done over the years because you know Rain Shadow and James Varner's yeah. races and right. all all that, but. Now I've got like all new races. You gotta do the Buffalo Run, El Vaquero. Yeah, gotta do El Vaquero. Have you done that? No, I haven't done Ty's race. You have your schedule real good because it's kind of just right in the middle of kind of recovery from Western States Hard Rock and then enough time before UTMB or Run Rabbit. And it's it's close and it's sweet and it's way close to you. Holy cow! Yeah, it's really yeah. I hear I. 
I, I've been up there camping with Ty and his family. and. Uh, yeah, you got to do that one. Yeah, that course is spot on. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully there is a speed goat race this year uh, in 2018. That's, you never know. Is there a rumor that it's... There's like been a rumor for a couple of years, I think, <laughs> yeah. that it might, that it might going. going away. Well, hopefully right. it stays around. At least one more year yeah. so you can get out there. Yeah, I got to go do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that brings us to the next one, the bear, which was just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, my backyard. In the ba- mm. Literally in the backyard. I slept in my own bed. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Used my own <laughs> kitchen cow. for breakfast. It was I awesome. I mean, from here to the start, you're what, 15, 15 fif- minutes? Less than 15-minute drive to yeah, the start. That's right. not bad Yeah, Luke Nelson... Slept in his rooftop tent in my yard, and uh, with his family, and then we <laughs> drove over together. That's nice. awesome to the race. As how many times you, this first time running the bear? Yes, first bear, and I, you know, I, I've, I've been, I entered the bear a long time ago, back in the two thousands, and it, like I got injured and I had to drop out of it that year, and that was back when it was kind of the old course. Okay, the old loop course before he got the, the permit of the, this course. He really wanted. I know Leland wanted to have the point-to-point originally, but the mm-hmm. Forest Service wouldn't give him the permit yeah. early on, and then after he proved himself. Right. Right. So that they, they work that way sometimes and gave him the, the f- official point-to-point. Um, but I bu- it's been on my bucket list forever, and it just never worked out on my schedule. And then finally this year when I we decided we were moving, I was like, I have to do it. It's my <laughs> right. like, local 100 now. It's yep. right. Like, I'm moving there. I'm going to be right by the start. Um mm-hmm. You know, it's my backyard. So, like I said, I saved. I saved it. I'd only only been up the first like three miles of the course um, on a training run up Dry mm-hmm. Canyon, um, and then I had not touched any other parts of the course. So, um, it was all new on race day. Well, let's start there. What was your thoughts on the course being your first? Because we've been on it many times. But mm-hmm. I, l- I liked it a lot. It's pretty. It's a good time of year. Yeah. Leaves are changing. Aspens are changing. Just starting to change. Um, you know, uh, it's a good combo. It's very runnable. Yes. Um, it's a good combo of good single track, mm-hmm. runnable double track. You know, I think it's like 60-some 60, 60 percent single track, and mm-hmm. then the rest is kind of double track. Hardly any pavement in it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the course. Um, it's grindy and hard, um, but you got to run mm-hmm. a lot because it's a lot of, like, low-grade uphills, you know, that have technical rock footing. So you're like grinding along and you can't really, you want to hike, but you can't <laughs> hike <laughs> right? if you're racing. So um, it was good. I, I mean, I really enjoyed the race. And, you know, I've definitely had an incentive to like, you know, run hard just because, you know, I'm, I moved here. And, right. Um, and I think there was a little bit of like, you know, you know, unicorns and rainbows <laughs> type feeling because it was my new backyard yeah uh, <laughs> fresh and new That's fresh right. and new and yeah. like something to prove a little bit or something yeah, exactly i'm here utah yeah exactly <laughs> follow me yeah <laughs> yeah i mean great day uh 1828 yep which is the third fastest bear yep right right first place mm-hmm and when I talked to you, I saw you at the finish line. You said, like, the first 50 miles, your legs were just... Yeah, the first 40 or so, I was a little flat. You know, I think just UTMB and um, and moving and, like, not a lot of sleep. Like, I was, you know, the day before the race, I was still dealing with house stuff. And, um, you know, like, I've got contractors coming in and, like, plumbers, Squatters out front in their tent. And <laughs> yeah, yeah people squatting in my house. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, and just all kinds of stuff, you know. And so, um, I, you know, there's a lot of stress. I was going to bed pretty late every night past midnight pretty much leading the last two weeks leading up to the race with a interstate move in there two right. weeks before so just dealing with all that stuff was like you know a little stressful and i think that's probably where the flatness was coming from mm-hmm. um because i was only running like every other day 
leading up to it, pretty mellow. I normally would have trained a little more in between those two races, just a little, like, one-week block. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got some workouts in, you know, and then, uh, you know, then it kind of, like, started to settle in, you know. I don't know whether it's, like, muscle memory or, right. you know, all the years of ultra running and 2900 kind of <laughs> says, okay, we're doing this. This is what yeah. we're doing today. This is what we're doing today. Okay, we'll Plus buck up. It's a good course, you know. It is a good course. A and, good I, course. and as I got into the Alpine section, you yeah. know, going up to Tony Grove, yeah. I really started feeling better. Yeah. Um, and that's where kind of, you know, Jeremy Humphreys kind of went out in the lead and um, he was sitting in a chair at 45 <laughs> and um, and Rock was crewing for me. And so he was just like, okay, you're in second. And he's like, Mark Hammond is only 12 or 15 minutes ahead of you. Right. And, uh, and at that point, my legs were starting to come back. And I was like, okay. I, I started feeling better. And then that as I, each age station, I started gaining on him like two, three minutes at, per section. So I was, you know, I was picking him cause he kind of took off. We ran together maybe through 28 mm-hmm. and then he kind of like on a downhill just took off and I was like, okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to run that hard this early. Right. And, uh, and so I just kept plugging along. And then when I started, you know, gaining on him, I got, we got into, Oh, where was it? Um, uh, into the lodge, Beaver Mountain Lodge yeah. at 75, 75, and I was one minute behind him. Right. Um, and there, it was right at dusk, you know, we'd just gotten dark, and so I was getting my, I had kind of emergency lights on me, and I got my real lights mm-hmm. um, there, but he was doing the same thing, and so he was still in the aid station inside the lodge, and I, you know, Rock and I played kind of a little veteran game on him, and like ran in and checked in, checked out. Right. And just, you know, I saw him kind of like... <gasps> They kind of do a sh- like a, a panic. Like, oh man, the like his dance. body body language was panic. Yeah. Um. Uh. And so we checked in, checked out, left, and then we went and crewed in the parking lot. Yeah. Crewed really quick, and then got my lights, and we both left. He kind of walked out, and I was coming out across the lawn, and I think he thought I'd already left. I don't mm-hmm. know for sure, but you know we kind of came out, and I saw you know someone a volunteer pointing the where the course went. Right. And he was kind of walking and kind of looking for the course markers. Yeah. And I was already running across mm-hmm. the lawn, and it was kind of a downhill, and yep. I just kind of I was feeling good, and so I just was like put picked it up, put it down. I just said, "Hey, dude, this way." <laughs> Follow and, me. Uh, blew by and like gapped him right away on the downhill. And it kind of goes into a bushwhacky like it's section. It's a crazy section. Yeah, yeah it's like you cross the road yeah, it's again. like sage yeah. brush, and you're kind of weaving and looking for flags yeah. in the brush, and not really a trail. Um, and so I'm across that bushwhack section. I gapped him a little bit, and then that goes into like a long, slow climb up to Gibson Basin. Yeah, it's like three percent grade right. or something. <laughs> you know, you have to run time. the whole time. Yep, <laughs> it's a long running climb. Yep. And so I just you know it, it, it and it it increasingly gets more technical. So like from there, I ran pretty hard and. Um, and ran 90% of that climb and then got up into Gibson Basin, got across Gibson Basin before I even saw him come into the aid station. And and from then, I he ended up dropping it at that at 83. So and was uh, he injured at that point when he dropped, or did you just... Rumor is that his knee was bothering him, him, but um, my knee was bothering me too. So I know, see? I don't know. And, you know, I, I kind of feel though. like I, I don't... Unless it's like injury, injury, like I don't drop. Yeah. Um, I just have only dropped once in my whole career and that was because of the rolled ankle and injury so for me like i take time away from my family and i train my rear off i I kind of feel like i owe it to him to finish even if it's not an ideal day right um but he could have like cruised it in for second we had a good lead on everyone else Mm -hmm. um so i don't know what happened i didn't get a chance to talk to him he was he was gone so um i just heard 
through Facebook that he might have had his knee was bothering maybe. Okay. But maybe after, maybe after he's saving it for the North Face or something like that. Well, and I'm sure it was a little frustrating. Yeah. You know, he did. He had the lead at Run Rabbit, and then he had the eye issue with his cornea oh, yeah. getting cold. Like you know, uh, when you you kind of go semi blind yeah. from like if you don't have glasses protecting you in really cold weather. He had something happen with that. I didn't know that. Uh huh. That would yeah. be scary. Yeah. So he was wearing safety glasses during this race, like kind of wrap around safety style glasses. Okay. Right on. Um, because we talked about it early on when we were running together. Um, so he was he was a little nervous about the cold. Huh. You know that's why he's wearing glasses. But so I don't know what exactly what happened. I, like I said, I haven't had a chance to ta- to talk to him about it. So I'm not going to sell him down the river or anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> if for I don't sure. know the exact story, but um, yeah, like I said, I felt good and. I was ready to race at that point, the last 25. So, right. you know. So, leaving like that section where you kind of gapped him there, at that point, did you think, this is my, this is mine? I just got to keep it this way. Did you at feel that point? That? I was like, I'm ready to throw down. Right. Whatever happens. Yeah. Now, whatever happens, happens, but he's going to have to like earn it. He's going to have to earn it <laughs> right. if he wants to race now because yeah. I'm ready to race because nice. I'd been laying back the whole race. Right. Um, and just kind of slowly started gaining on him and, and felt good. You know, my legs had come around. And um, so I was ready to, I was ready to roll. For sure. Nice. Yeah. Well, you look good. I mean, I saw you quite a bit after the finish. I was down there, but you looked good. I mean, it wasn't like you, it didn't appear like you just ran 100 miles in. Yeah, that you know, it, was, time. <laughs> it definitely, the nutrition thing helps with recovery, especially at age 46. Um, definitely like post race, I'm not as swollen, not as, not as beat up. My legs aren't as beat up as they used to be. Um, so I think that's a, definitely a, a b- benefit of the diet. So, so let me ask you that because this people asked me this at the finish line because they know that we've had conversations and they're like, I can't believe this. You know, number one, your time mm-hmm. super fast, right? Um, but it, and again, this is not going to come across wrong. But forty six years old, right? And there's yeah, I'm well aware up, of that. This up, <laughs> yeah. there's upswing of these younger, faster yeah. guys oh, that are killing point? it right now. You know, Hayden Hawks's, Jim Walmsley's, yep. you know, guys like that. They're that really fast. Yeah, yep. right. Um, and so people are coming up to me like. Man, that's like they were saying. That's inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's still getting it done at forty six because every this whole movement right now, everybody's focused. Oh on, no, the races are getting faster and faster. Yeah, they, they are, are right. And yeah, so, you got to show up ready. So let me. This is like a serious thing. How you know you've had a great career. Obviously, it's not like you just came out of the woodwork last year and no. started tearing things up. But I mean, the last couple of years for sure have, have gone just up been a notch, crazy up a notch. Not just yeah, up a notch. Yeah, sixteen and seventeen are been re- my two of my best seasons. Yeah, for sure. And it's again, you're not getting younger. No. So how do I mean? What is I don't say your secret, but I mean, what's your kind of thought process behind this? Well, I think one thing that you can't discount is experience. Yeah. Yes. And and consistency in training. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been building this this foundation. endurance foundation. For probably 27, 28 years, because I was a mountain biker before, That's right. um, for 10 years, mm-hmm. um, before I got into ultra running. So, and that was like, you know, I raced a little bit, but it wasn't, I wasn't racing. I was just trying, I was running, riding four or five days a week, Yeah, you know, just riding single track. Um, so that's an endurance engine, right? I was building that whole time. Um, I've always strength trained since I was in eighth grade, like pretty much year round. Cause you're, you're buff. Yeah, I mean, for a 46, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. No, I mean, you. you're in great shape, is what yeah. you know. No, it's and like I, people think strength training, they think, you know, he's bulging muscle, but you're just, you're lean, strong. Right? Yeah, 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 He's yeah. as strong as he needs to be for his activity. Exactly. I, right? I, I look okay at the beach. 
Um, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> so, I mean, for 46, I don't, I do not have a gut at all. And I, I do have muscle tone. So, and I work on that, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm working on that consistently for like decades. Um, and so I think that foundation, you can't discount that kind of foundation, right? You know, when people see, uh, uh, like someone recently asked me, like, how do you run three or four hundreds a year and just bounce back? It's like, well, you also have to look at like, you know, for years, 2002 through 2006, I ran 100 a year. Mm-hmm. 2007 through 2013, I ran two 100s a year spread out. Plus some other, you know, other races, ultras, obviously, yeah. but every year. But, you know, usually five to seven races a year. Um, and then starting in 2014, I started running three or four a year. I ran four a year in 2014, three in 2015, four in 16, and then three three this year. Um, so I just started tacking them on in 2014, but you got to remember like that's, you know, that was 12 years into ultra running, right? 22 years in endurance training. Right. So there's a huge base there. Yeah, there is. Um, so that can't be discounted, yeah. right? The other is diet. Yeah. The last two years results it have come from changing to a high fat, low carb diet. And when you, you know, when did you make that change? December 1st, 2015. Right yeah. before her. Seven right? weeks before her yeah. right. in 2016 yeah. race. So um, you and can go back and listen one. to Fat adaptation has been a huge one. For right. Recovery, you know, less inflammation. Uh, I feel younger. Right. I'm leaner. So do you have some creamer in your coffee? I didn't see. Did you put some in there? Oh, yeah. I put heavy, 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 organic heavy whipping cream okay. in there. All right. I didn't yeah, know well, I had bulletproof coffee before you guys were here. I had a whole mix of stuff. With this one, I just... So what do you put in your bulletproof coffee? Do you put well, there's a, there's an official butter? bulletproof recipe. Yeah, yeah. I know. But right? what's, your, what's your reference? My mine is kind of a hybrid. It's um, it's about a a, a tablespoon of grass fed butter. What butter do you use? Uh, I use like Organic Valley cultured unsalted butter. Okay. Um, then I use uh, Organic Valley heavy whipping cream. All right. Um, a scoop of uh. Hydrolyzed collagen okay. powder, right? Um, and flavored, or unflavored? and and some unflavored, okay. M- and and uh, MCT oil. Okay. Do you have an MCT oil you like? Um, I order like a high octane kind of C eight um, blend. That's just C eight. Um, sometimes, right now, I just if if I'm in a pinch, I just go to natural grocers and get like the Now brand, right? Um, which is a mix of C ten and C eight, half and half. Okay. Um. But I just put a little MCT oil in my in there too. Well, how much are you putting in? Like a we're talking like a tablespoon. tablespoon. Like we're talking an eight ounce cup. Yeah. Well, it's, I we we make a pour over in right. like a container, so it's like maybe it's maybe four cups of coffee. Okay. So in four cups of coffee, I probably have two tablespoons of butter, so uh, a two scoops of collagen, mm-hmm. uh, two tablespoons of MCT oil, and wow. some heavy whipping cream. Okay. Um, and then I just shake that up, right. emulsify it. Yep. And then that's what we do. You use uh, on your emulsifier. Do you just do it by shaking, or you put an actual? I don't do it in a blender. I used yep. to do it in a blender, but it's like I'm lazy. And it's I a lot of work. <laughs> so I do it in like a nice, like insulated, like screw-on lid. Yeah. You know, it holds like four cups, and I shake that thing up really, yeah. really, really well, mm-hmm. and then just pour it in my cup. So, so it's nice and foamy. And I've got a little uh, the stick immersion blender. I put it Ooh, in there. Oh, so I need one of those. So I have a, like a, a French press, 
Yep. Right? So that's tall enough you can put your immersion blender in there so it doesn't go all over the place, right? Oh, yeah. And it's really easy, and it frosts it up. Oh. It's pretty tasty that way. Yeah, that's good. And then I saw the other day, so you know who uh, Laird Hamilton is, right? Yeah, 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 totally. So he's got this little bl hand blender, and it's going to look a little weird. And then you go like this. I'm glad no one's watching this. I know, this. right? <laughs> it's a pumping motion. It's a pumping <laughs> motion, right? And it, it's got a little thing on the end that spins. Check that out. It's it's a it's oh, a so kitchen it's gadget that but, but doesn't that. need batteries. No, or it doesn't. It's, you can take it camping. Manual. Oh, I need one of those. Yeah, so check I'm that out. Check that one out. Yeah, yeah. So we just gave a secret browning bulletproof coffee recipe. Yeah. Bullet yeah. Bulletproof that, browning. That, that's a lot of MCT oil. Did you have to like ease into that? <laughs> Did you have like disaster pants when you were trying? <laughs> um, well, I think it can give you that if you take too much. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a word of warning for anybody listening. Yeah, MCT oil takes MCT a little oil. bit of adaptation time yeah. because it's it's a bunch of fatty, it's medium chain triglycerides, so it's a bunch of fatty acids into your system at once, mm -hmm. and it can kind of clean you out a little bit. But yep. um, your your body adapts pretty quick. It, I, it does. I, before I got into that, I was already doing tablespoons of coconut oil. Yep, um, eating them straight. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, just as a, before I even switched to this diet, I was messing around with like first thing in the morning, not eating breakfast right away right. and just eating like a tablespoon of coconut oil and doing some grass and just doing bulletproof coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, and at first when I first started doing that, it would like kind of upset my stomach. So I had to start with like a quarter teaspoon, exactly. and then a teaspoon or half right. a teaspoon. And then I went to a teaspoon yep. and then I went to a tablespoon. Gotcha. A heaping tablespoon. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> just getting used to it. Yeah. So that, that's that word of warning. If you're going to try this, you have to ease into it yeah. or be close to the bathroom. Yeah. Joel, Joel didn't give me that info when he first introduced me to Bulletproof Coffee. <laughs> it was a bad day. Disaster pants. Oh, yeah. We went on a run, so I got Bulletproof Coffee first time ever. I <laughs> and then you went on a run? At like 4.30 oh, yeah. in the morning, I'm drinking Bulletproof Coffee. First time ever. And then we met at 5 to run. And it was like 5.10. Yeah, <laughs> first downhill, First little downhill where hitting it jostles. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it comes on like, it, oh, it's, it's, like it's like it's, a heart attack. It's, it's no warning. It's yeah. like you have time to pick and choose. It's a straight beeline to the. Yeah, it's a good best. cleanse. Yeah. It, it, it really <laughs> straight up. There's a reason why they call it disaster pants. And that's what I told Jill. I'm like, oh my gosh. She goes, oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, you'll I'm get like, used to it. That's what I'm wanting yeah, to hear the night before. It does. Yeah. So do you eat breakfast? Um, I do, but I usually don't eat breakfast um, right away. So I have coffee, right? Um, and then maybe mid morning I'll have a couple eggs, okay, um, with a little bit of fat, All right? Um, but I don't really have any carbs in the mornings. Yeah. I usually do a carb fast through after my lunch workout. Oh, so during okay. the week. So that's almost straight up twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, it's usually sixteen, close. sixteen to eighteen hours. Okay, um, between and then I eat all my carbs in about a six to eight hour window. Okay, you know from like two or three in the afternoon till. Um, till like eight or nine at night. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I, you know, I, I, and with this thing, you know, one thing I would say is I'm not, a lot of everyone thinks I'm just doing ketogenic all the time, ketogenic diet, but I'm doing ketogenic cyclically. Right. Um, where I'm going really low carb mm -hmm. and it's strategic. Right. So for me, it's like, uh, uh, I kind of look at, especially as an endurance athlete, you have to be careful on a high fat, low carb diet going chronically low carb. Right. You need to be eating from the uh, kind of approved, primal paleo list of foods, um, but using those carbs strategically. So mm -hmm. fruits and sweet potatoes, red potatoes, strategically around effort, volume. Right. Um, that's kind of, that's a kind of some of the stuff I really help people coach them through. Right. You know, I have 20, 20 of my athletes are doing OFM. Are they? Yeah. Okay. So, and I like to say OFM instead of like ketogenic or high fat, low carb, because OFM is really more like strategically using carbohydrates 
to optimize fat metabolism for endurance running. Right. Um, or endurance so sports. What are they seeing on this OFM? Are, are they like well, wait, super pumped on it? Yep. Weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, good weight loss, a strategic uh, or good energy, consistent energy all day. Mm-hmm. Um, no more like being hungry and angry, hangry. Um, uh, you can go with, you can skip a meal if you're busy and not worry about it. Right. Um, really good, uh, people who've been having, you know, GI stress in races mm-hmm. that tends to go away. Right. Um, as we, as we hone in race day nutrition stuff. Right. Uh, cause you get, you can simplify and you can go about half the calories you used to take once right. you've done the adaptation phase. So we do an adaptation phase. I coach people through a four-week adaptation phase of like low carb. Right. We go really low carb, like ketogenic, and then we kind of start adding back in strategic carbohydrates after four weeks. Okay. Um, and we don't do any nutrition on race on long runs. So it's like we we back off on long runs for four weeks. Oh, okay. So you don't saying. have to have calories. Right. And you let that adaptation, metabolic ab- adaptation, happen. Right. And then we start bringing in strategic carbohydrates on long runs and and around volume and intensity. So give us an example of like a strategic carbohydrate. Don't don't give away the baby, obviously. I'm not going to. Well, no, I don't right, mind sharing this stuff. So like uh, w- one thing, I mean, there's a lot of nuances and like strategic stuff that I really help my coached athletes with right. that that saves them months or years of trial and error. Right. So, you know, there's a lot more than just what I'm going to tell you. Sure. But, but basically, uh, uh, Let's say I go do a, a speed workout at lunch. Okay. Then I'm going to come home and eat a serving of fruit right after the run. All right. Um, probably with fat. So right. that helps buffer an insulin response, yep. the extra fat. So like for ins- or also I will add in a strategic uh, extra carbohydrate in the evening. So like you know, I'm still having vegetables for my carbohydrate at my meals, main meals. Right. But I might add in like say post dinner mm-hmm. an extra strategic carbohydrate. And this helps, is like what we call a sleep hack. Okay. Helps sleep, having a little higher carbs right before bed. All right. Um, I do uh, a thing where you uh, take uh, two, ta- it's, it's equal parts coconut oil, equal parts almond butter. And you take, say, two tablespoons of almond butter, two tablespoons of coconut oil. Um, mix it in with a little bit of uh, either raw honey or like a quarter teaspoon or a little bit of stevia. Mix it together with a fork and a bowl till it's whipped together like a pudding. Okay. Throw some berries on it or right. cut up a crisp apple, small mm-hmm. organic crisp apple. Um, none of those big, fat, red, juicy ones. Those are hybridized and, like, oh, yeah, really high in sugar. They're crazy. You want, like, the original, like, small things. Yeah. And then cut that up and then uh, drizzle coconut milk on it and cinnamon. Wow. That sounds Fat delicious. parfait. Yeah. With, with some carbs. Yeah. But they're in a bed of fat. Yeah, exactly. So that helps buffer an insulin response of right. any, th- any type. And that keeps you kind of in a, you know, that's going to top off any glycogen from working hard that day. Right. That's going to help you sleep mm-hmm. better, deeper sleep faster. And then, uh, so that's one of, one of my tips today. Okay. That's a sleep hack right there. Well, well, I'll tell you, after episode 44, I went out and bought all the books. He did. I did. And they're, they're like amazing. Primal Blue. Primal, oh, yeah. yeah. All, and Primal Endurance. Yep. And they're great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, went on that. But a lot of the listeners did. Like, I got some feedback from some oh, listeners yeah. that went on it. And they were blown away. Mm-hmm by what it helped them with you know so they obviously just went bought the books did some studying on it and they're runners and they're like dude that was insane like crazy yeah one of the things i would i would caution people out there too just be careful to go chronically low carb too long because exactly. you do it at first for the adaptation right but then as you continue to train when you're mm-hmm. training you need some carbs you so do. don't just go low carb all the time because you will like 
You'll smoke. after you'll feel great for three or four months. Yeah. But then after five or six months, you'll start to feel a little low, and right. what your body needs is some carbs. You can't just discount carbs all the all the way. It's it, we call it strategic use of carbohydrates. Right. Um, from that kind of clean list, because we don't. The reason we're avoiding grains is because they're inflammatory. Right. Um. And and so we're trying to keep a stable insulin. You know, we're not trying to keep our blood sugar stable, and we're trying to uh, not have any inflammatory foods. So one of the one of the things that I got from people, and maybe you could just throw a little bit of advice out there, people that start like a, a primal blueprint OFM diet, right? Yep. What are your words of advice those first two weeks? Where that's, I mean, obviously that's just, a, that's tough. That's the um, part. It is hard. The first like week is a little hard because you're going to be low. Your body tr- has a metabolic pathway and it's trying to burn glucose. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have an adi- It has not adapted because we've always had a high carb load our whole life. Um, most Americans or most people have had a low car or have not been low carb. Um, that body is just trying to burn glucose and that's the only pathway it has open and it hasn't burned the, and it takes about, you know, 14 to 21 days to really open up that metabolic pathway to burn onboard fat. And so that you got to wait for that adaptation to occur. And so in that meantime, you just kind of got to ride it out. The best thing I can, the best thing I can say is get into bulletproof coffee if you can get into that, that can help. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing um, that can really help because it can curb appetite in the middle in the middle of the day because mm-hmm. there's fat in it and it's going to be giving your body fat and forcing it to have to burn fatty acids instead of burning glucose. Um, the other thing that can help is a half serving of fruit a day during that period adaptation phase. And when so, you say a half serving, what? that means like a half a cup. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're going to cut up an apple, or if you're going to have, a small have apple. some berries. Yep. If you're gonna, yeah, like a small apple, a, a berries. If you're going to have berries, we're talking like a handful, right? Okay. That's a that's about a half cup, right? Um, not a ton, once yeah. a day, yeah. And and preferably after a workout, yeah. So if you go run, do it after your workout. Strategically put it in there. Your body's going to say, "Oh, I burned some glycogen. It's going to take up all that glucose, use it up, and give it to glycogen storage." And then it's gonna you're gonna move on. Your body's gonna continue to adapt to burn fatty acids, and you're not gonna mess your adaptation phase up. Right. So when you went over the UTMB, how did you stay on that? Was did you find it harder? Did you find no I always problem? travel with food when I'm on a plane. Okay. Enough so food to like snack for the you. whole the whole trip. Okay. So so how do you get that on the plane? Because uh, are you are you allowed to take that through? Yeah, you're allowed to take food through. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's not like um, you can't take a nut butter unless right. it's in like trail butter single serving yeah, packets. So not, so I took a bunch of single serving trail butters. Okay. Um, I took, you know, uh, macadamia nuts. Mm-hmm. I cut up some sausage. Was in a Ziploc. Right. I had some cheese cut up. So they were cool. You just taking that through security. Yeah. Most of the time they're good because you, you want to time it so you eat it all. So you don't have to worry about customs if you're traveling internationally. Right. So you don't have to you don't have to say oh I brought food and then you're gonna get it thrown away. Yeah. Um, the other is being careful. I had a whole tub of like organic nut butter thrown mm. away <laughs> once in TS through TSA check checkpoint because right. you can't take nut butters in that big of a bulk in. Right. He's like I'm sorry I gotta throw this away. He's like you can eat it right here on the spot if you want. I took like a couple big bites of it. It's like I ate that whole thing. I'd be <laughs> riding it out in the plane, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you know, but the cool thing is, is when you're fat adapted, you're not hungry. So right. as long as you, you could just sit there and drink water the whole time and just yeah. go on a fast. And so it's really not that hard. Um, but I do travel with a little bit of food, so I don't have to eat the airplane food. Right. Um, because most of the time it's crap. It is. Um, 
And I'm also allergic to soy, so okay. I have to like look at labels. And right. so most of the food on planes has soybean oil in it, and so I like even the dressings. And so I typically when I'm when I'm traveling, I eat a lot of salads with with a meat. Okay. Right. And 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 just no dressing. Ask right. for olive oil on the side mm-hmm. and maybe an extra avocado or something. Or sometimes I'll bring avocados and travel with them and eat those. Okay. Um, sometimes I've traveled with sardines, cans of sardines. Ooh, I bet oil. you're fun to sit next to on a plane. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Dumping sardines. I usually do it in the terminal, not on the plane. Bust um, but you can go get front. like a, you know, a really simple salad yeah. somewhere yeah. in the airport with nothing on it. Right. Throw away the dressing and then just take the olive oil and sardine can and dump it on there and, and cut up an avocado. There you go. Um, huh. Let's see. What else? Uh, um, when I'm traveling, you know, like a lot of times I'm trying, to, if I'm traveling somewhere, I'm trying to get a place where I have a kitchen or a, a way to cook. Right. Um, so I can cook my own meals. Mm-hmm. And then I just go to a local, you know, a health food store or a grocery store and buy, you know, my normal kind of food. Right. So, but when you were at UCMB and you were on the race course, how did you handle that? Oh, on the race course yeah, during so, the race. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so during the race, you one of the things we do on OFM is do sim- we do simple carbohydrates. So, <laughs> so whatever works. So goo packets. Yeah, goo. Uh, I do goo roctane grape, um, no caffeine. Um, that's what I I do a half serving between every aid station. So I'm drinking one bottle of calories, one bottle of water, and then I I carry maybe. I carry oh, that some, type of roctane. Yep. Okay. Yep. So the, the powdered the powder stuff. The I use the powdered roctane, so I'm IV dripping some calories during right. the race. Okay. So simple carbohydrates are on during long runs and races. Okay. After adaptation. Right. So once do, we've do got that metabolic pathway open, we're burning onboard a percern- percentage of our calories in, in onboard fat. So before you did OFM, did you have that that hunger, that gnawing hunger that where you wanted something solid? Um, Did so you what, ever have that problem? Like yeah. later in the race, like your body's expecting to have something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I ate a fair amount. I had to keep a fair amount of calories coming in pretty consistently. And I was always on the borderline of GI stress because of it, because I needed that calories not to bonk. Right. Because I only had a glucose pathway. Right. Now I have two pathways. I have glucose pathway because mm-hmm. I use strategic carbohydrates to keep that glucose pathway open. Right. And then I have a fat burning, onboard fat burning pathway. We're not talking about exogenous fat. We're not. One thing that people get confused here, and there's a lot of talk out there about OF, about uh, optimized fat metabolism and 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 fat adaptation. We aren't consuming exogenous fat. That means we're not eating external fat during the race. It's too complex to break down. Right. So if you're going to have that, you could have it maybe every four or five hours during mm-hmm. a hundred or something. Right. A little bit, right? A little avocado mm-hmm. or something like that. But otherwise, you're not you, – simple carbohydrates still are appropriate. Gels, you know, powder. Right. Whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Whatever brand works for you. Right. Um, is is on. Right. You just don't have to do as much per hour as you used to True. after adaptation. About half. Which okay. also kind of correlates back to the help in the GI. Yeah. It really helps the GI yep. track a lot because you just don't have to like deal with a bunch of calories. Now, the one thing I do find on this is like because I'm e- taking just liquid calories most of the time for majority of my calories, I end up having hunger pains. Where That's my what stomach, I'm talking about. Not yeah. pains. Like, like, not like I'm hungry, but my stomach's growling. It is. Yeah. Well, it expects, and it's annoying. It expects to have something, so that's, right? I found like just a little bit of solid food at aid stations. So whatever looks like, good. But but from the approved list. Okay, so what is so that? So like orange wedges, All right. bananas, 
Like fruit. Okay. Basically sticking to fruit. Right. Or potatoes. No quesadillas. No quesadillas. I mean, oh, you could have it. Pierogies. Quesadillas are always. <laughs> oh, those pierogies. I think you can have all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Those pierogies. Come on now. You just don't want very much. Yeah. Like the, the like, key here is like. A five bit, of them is too many, huh? But I tell my athletes like don't, don't get caught into those foods. Right. Stick to like simple fruits a little bit. We're talking like a third of a banana. Right, and then yeah. go back to you're sipping your just enough drink. to let your stomach know there's something yeah, there. There's something yeah. there to work on for the next hour. Exactly, and then you'll have another solid at the next aid station. Okay. Right, um, and then just kind of work through that, and just have that powder to be sipping on the whole time. So you're always taking a calorie in every three or four minutes, a mm. little bit, never overwhelming the GI tract, never overwhelming the system. Okay, it's constantly got glucose on board to burn, so the brain tells the body it's okay. Right, and then you keep moving forward and save those things that look good during the race, like a quesadilla, for after the race. Because even if you they look good, you eat them, they're probably going to cause a little GI stress. Oh, yeah. they're too complex to break down. They are. So unless you're going really slow. Now, some of my, like, some of my runners that are like back of the Packers, then... They can pull it off. They can pull off some a lot more solid food because yeah. you're not moving as fast. You're not... Heart rate's not as high. Right. But if you're trying to go for a PR, or you're trying to go for a time goal, mm-hmm. simpler is better... And then chow down after the race. Right. Right? Or unless you're in the last 10 miles and bacon is at an aid station. Oh, my gosh. Well, you don't pass that. You you, you crush that, right? (laughs) But it's still like I I did it at Sherman during Hard Rock, and when that's still like eight hours from the finish, it caused GI stress. It looked good, and it tasted good, but I still had like, you know, it messed with my stomach a little bit. Right. Just rub it like yeah, I just rub it on my mustache. <laughs> so you can, I can just smell, smell it. Oh, oh, smell bacon. Dude. <laughs> so I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna keep going. Yep, I'm good. I'm good. Bacon smell. <laughs> That's right, man. Bacon cologne. <laughs> That's right. Ooh. That's not bad actually. Ooh, I wonder if that would be popular. You just gotta be careful the time of year and where you're running, just in case wildlife. Yeah, yeah they right. change. Yeah, you have a whole bunch of bears <laughs> exactly. following you. Like, yeah, like, mm, that dude smells that good. Smells so good he right now. Like bacon. He smells mapley. <laughs> maple, <laughs> maple bake. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, with your athletes, so I mean, have you? Because uh, some of your athletes I've seen through social media, if they've done well this year, um, the the eating side of it, do they just jump right on board after they get on? They see the benefits of it. Yeah, I think what a lot of people end up finding out, and this is what I experienced, is that you have a new level of clean. And so when you eat, say, a heavy grain meal, right? like pasta or pizza or something like that. You you see this like uh um this blah. Yeah, your GI tract slows down and like you feel bloated mm-hmm. and you just don't feel right. You feel off. Yeah. And so it, it it encourages you to stay on the straight and narrow. Um and so people tell me all the time, "Don't you miss bread? Don't you?" Yeah, sometimes when I smell bread, like yeah. fresh baked bread, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, I or I drive past a bagel shop. Um, I think bagels and cream cheese and hummus. Um, but, but also like I, I also think mm, it just doesn't make me feel right. Yeah. right. And so I just, you know, I, I think you can have it. And and I tell my people who you know who really miss some stuff, you have it every once in a while. You know, right. eighty twenty rule. Like eighty yeah. percent yeah. of the time, stay on the straight and narrow on this diet, and twenty percent of the time, once you've done that adaptation, you have the metabolic pathway open. And some of my athletes will totally like go off the wagon after a race. Um, the only thing that I encourage them to stay on it for a week or two after a race because you're going to keep that inflammation down right. so you'll recover faster. faster. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to cheat a little bit, go cheat. Right. You know, and that's the time to cheat. And then when it's time to train again, get back on it and like, you know, start doing it again. Well, sometimes too when they get off it and they get back to their pizzas and pastas, 
after they've been, you know, OFM for a while, like, oh, I feel like cr- that was tasted good, but I feel like crap. So yeah. it's almost like they're excited to feel better again, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, like I said, new it. level of clean. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's where where you really feel good. You just, it's that, it's that inflammatory response you're getting from grains, and there's, you can't get past that. Yeah. Like, you can't get past the, the you know, the science behind phytic acid and phytates and, and lectins and everything else that's in grains that cause inflammation and, and mess with the GI tract. So they definitely mess with cause inflammation in the GI tract. So, well, I mean, you're, I mean, just like you talked about with the, even the last two years, I mean, what you're talking about the last, you know, 15 minutes or so on OFM, I mean, it's just, it shows, right? I mean, you have the results. Yeah. Not just racing, but lifestyle, how mm-hmm. you feel. And some of your athletes feel that way. And our listeners that have done this yep. feel the same way. So, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it takes a little bit of practice at the beginning, but you get it after. You know, four four or five weeks, six weeks of kind of sticking to the straight and narrow, you kind of start to have new comfort foods, you find your new recipes, and that's why I encourage, like, I give a bunch of resources to my athletes that, you know, of stuff I've already researched, and I just, you know, I, I, they can pass go and collect $200 and, like, continue on, like, everything I've researched, I give them right out of the blocks. So it's, like, lists of good cookbooks, mm-hmm. right, links, podcasts, so th- I want them to be knowledgeable of why they're eating this way, not just hey, because so. <laughs> Jeff said so, but <laughs> and, and, but because there's a scientific backing behind this and like what it is and where it comes from and and the research behind it. And if they educate themselves on it, they understand why they understand why they feel like crap when they eat when they eat grains and and when they understand what the scientific background behind that and why what our metabolic system is dealing with with lectins for example then they understand why there's inflammation and they understand why it's important to stay on this diet to feel good and and people notice a difference and, and it's across the board i mean it's not like just one out of five yeah you know all of my athletes notice a difference um and they always say oh man i've been off the wagon i gotta get back on because i feel so much better you know so so with your athletes then, because, you know, a lot of coaching, and I, I don't know all the coaches, but say, I, I want you to coach me. I want to do good at this race. So you're not only helping with the mileage, the training, the speed work, but you're yeah, also the custom, giving them Yeah, the custom diet. training, but also I offer diet consulting on that okay. if they want it. And most people are coming to me for both. Yeah. Right. Um, a majority of my athletes are. And they're coming to me because of that. Um, but, you know, I have a few that don't, aren't interested in the nutrition side. And that's so fine. That's they, fine. Yeah. I'll help yeah. them with race day nutrition, simplifying, like like strategic, you know, logistics and drop bags and how to be more efficient through aid stations and all those things. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely living, leaving something on, on the table. It's right? another tool. It's another, another tool, and it's just another way, of, you know, uh, uh, another performance enhancer that you can tap into if you're interested. Do you f- I guess the question, too, since the last two years where you've made the change and it's been pretty public and people know about it, have you seen an increase in people maybe coming to you for that specifically, too, though? Like, you know, there's different coaches out there, and they offer maybe it's just coaching, but now it's like, wait a minute. I'm interested in this OFM. I know Jeff's done it. He's been successful at it. I'm going to go to you. I mean, have you seen an increase I've had, in that? Yeah, I mean, people are coming to me and requesting it. Okay. Okay. Um, for sure. And and I, I get excited because if somebody, like, it's one thing for me to give you good training and smart training and um, help you with strategic nutrition on race day, right, and long runs. But if you're willing to do the work on the nutritional side in your everyday life, 
that you're, I'm, you're, I'm, I get excited because that means you're going to be successful, and that means it's a performance enhancer. Yeah. I literally see this as a performance enhancer, and so, I mean, I've experienced it the last two seasons, and uh, um, I just know that if people want to do it, I'm like super excited to help them out because I know one. They're going to be excited. They're going to feel better in their everyday life. They're going to have more patience with their family because they're not going to be like hangry, <laughs> and they're going to they're going to feel better. They're going to look better. They're going to lose weight. Um, you know, I've got a couple of athletes have got back down to their high school weight. Oh, they're in their forties. There you go, Eric. Joe looks right at me. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to get in my high school. I'd like to put my Letterman's jacket back on. Ooh, that'd be sweet. How much was that? How much was my jacket? No, how much did you weigh? <laughs> What's that weight? You know what? If I had to guess, because that's all I'm basing it off, because I was still, because I was a soccer guy, so my trunk yeah. was still pretty solid. 180? In high school? Yeah, 175. It's you senior were, year. You were a solid fella. I had some pictures. My my torso, you could see ribs, but my, my I, was, I had some leg meat. Yeah. Because I had to, my butt. Yeah. But it was solid. It wasn't just there. It wasn't bagels and pizza. No, yeah. you're bouncing quarters off that. Oh, everybody you? was. That's right. <laughs> they used me as the table at the party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're gonna play. Stand over here. No, that's that's interesting though, because that's like you said though, that's a life thing, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's I, how you feel. Not, it's not at the end of the day. Sometimes and that's why I don't really even like to call it a diet. It's more of yeah, like, it's a lifestyle, lifestyle change. Like yeah. it's a shift that you kind of have to embrace that lifestyle. Because like even when we go out to eat, you know, we went out to a burger place last night. My family after we went to a movie, and I, we went and you know everybody orders no buns, and mm -hmm. you know, we go a place where we can find sweet potato fries and that kind of <sighs> stuff. And that's like a, that's a, that's a treat for us. But we just do a go no bun, right? And do a you know lettuce wrap, and um, and it just becomes kind of second nature. You know, you get so used to. It. I've been doing you it, do. you know almost two years. Just now, used so. to it. Well, when know you do the have the bun, you feel just icky, dirty. <laughs> like you also like you're overeating too at that point. Well, the other thing I found about the, my epiphany about buns and burgers is that the bun mutes the taste of everything else in the burger. It overwhelms the toppings. it. It overwhelms it. It like you all of a sudden get the taste of the meat, the taste of the lettuce, the right. taste of the pickles and the onions. They cool. all come out way stronger. Right. Um, never thought of it that so way. So I actually enjoy it better. I actually prefer it without the bun. I'm about to try that next time. I never thought of it that way. Sometimes I think the bread makes a sandwich. Like if it's horrible bread, the sandwich is horrible. If it's really oh, good bread, the yeah. taste that's anyway. True. The but taste. remember, your, your, your homeostasis is one teaspoon of glucose in the bloodstream and Two pieces of bread like that's probably about eight to ten teaspoons of glucose to your system right. in one shot. So, boom. See, I'm not a you bread guy, but I mean, I'm a sal I eat sandwiches. I don't think about it. Buns, burgers, hot dog, whatever. Yeah. Right. I'm not. I don't just go get a slice of bread, put some butter on it, and eat it. Toast. I'm not that. That's guy. old school. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about the muting the taste of it. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So let me ask you: Do you take any supplements? I do. Um, I supplement uh, vitamin D, K. Okay. Uh, that's these, two different are vitamins. These? That's not yep. Dean Carnassus. That's vitamin <laughs> D and vitamin K. Yes. Okay. Well, D3, K2. Are these <laughs> individual yep. capsules you're taking? Yep. Um, it's not like one big fat multivitamin that you're taking? No, I don't okay. take a multivitamin. Right. I just kind of take strategic stuff. So right. D and K. I take D and K regularly. Um I take a little bit of uh, branched chain amino acids occasionally after big workouts. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 
let's see what else do I take I take some some um, magnesium okay like naturally calm magnesium yeah. powder mm-hmm. um, I supplement sea salt okay um, as a high fat low carb athlete um, you know without the big carb load your body dumps some sodium All right. and so and we're not adding any there's no added sodium in my diet because it's an unprocessed diet True. so I have to add the sodium back in and when you're just salting, you only maybe get 500 milligrams a day. And your body really needs about, well, if you're an athlete and you're re- training regularly, you need two to six grams. So okay. 2,000 to 6,000 milligrams a day, depending on your size. Right. And how much you worked and how much you sweat, were sweating and all that kind of stuff. So I supplement sea salt in water okay. in the mornings. Um, and then after a workout and then the evenings. So like three times a day, maybe wow. a quarter teaspoon. Right. Half teaspoon first thing in the morning because you're kind of dehydrated from sleeping. Right. Um, so your, your uptake on an empty stomach is, Breaking that fast. is better Yeah. Um, when you first get up. So I'd chug a glass of water with mm-hmm. some little sea salt in it. Um, I also take some uh, uh, gut biome stuff for um, like acidophilus and... Okay. Aphitis, um, right? Just because I was dealing with some yeast, yeast stuff back when I made the shift, and that's right. one of the reasons I made the shift in the first place was to cut sugar out, yeah, to not feed the yeast, yeah. Um, so I'm still kind of like always working on gut biome. Um, those are the main ones. I mean, I have a, a whole list. I take some. Uh, Do you take any like performance enhancing ones like uh, cordyceps, um, beetroot? No, no. No, no I just eat really good, right. you know, lots of veggies. Okay. Um, you know, I eat, you know, two of my meals a day are pretty vegetable heavy. Right. Um, with moderate protein. Okay. So some kind of a fatty cut of meat. All right. But from grass-fed, grass-finished source, mm-hmm. a good source. No factory farm meat. Right. Um, but I don't, su- I mean, I supplement from time to time during the the peak of the season. I have a, another list of supplements um, that I'll add in. I will take some kelp. Um, supplement for some for some iodine, okay, um, or just eat, eat nori, one or the other. Right. If I'm eating nori, I don't take a kelp supplement. If I haven't had any nori for a while, I'll, you know, my daughter makes some a mean. Uh, she smothers butter in a pan in a skillet, takes nori and cheese, cuts up cheese like raw cheese, melts a little like slightly melts the cheese, kind of heats it up like a little wrap, sea salts it. Okay. And then we eat it like a nori wrap with cheese in the middle and butter. So you said nori? You said peanut butter? No, butter. butter. Oh, I thought you said peanut butter. No, no peanut butter. That's a legume, like, man. I was like, whoa. That's no peanut butter that's in this house. That's a weird combination. Yeah, we, don't, we do not eat peanut butter. All right. And it's high mold content, too, for those out there that eat a lot of peanut butter. Yeah. Your peanut you're, butter you're naturally has tons of mold toxins in yeah. them, so don't eat peanut butter. That's and people are news. turning off our podcast like, what? No peanut butter? <laughs> As they're dipping their celery in their peanut, peanut butter. butter? <laughs> celery in the peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, peanut <laughs> butter's pretty dirty, man. That is old it's school. It's a dirty nut, right? It, it's not even a nut. It's a legume. It's a dirty legume. Yeah. Dirty legume. It's very mold. Uh, it's very susceptible to mold and the way they do it, and it's mo- there's a lot of high mold toxins. It's one of the highest mold toxins um, of food we eat. Man, I'm not even hungry right now. Joel saw a taco truck on the way out of town. Oh, we're going to totally crush that (laughs) on the way home. Just to let you know. (laughs) We're talking all this health. We're going to crush a taco truck. Yeah, we're going to crush that taco truck. (laughs) So uh, it's going to be good. So for the coach, you have slots available if people are out there looking. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of off season. So I got a couple slots right now if anybody's interested. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, I kind of cap how many people I take on. Um, 
you know, but that usually hits like springtime. Is when I, so if they want to get in early, I just I just tipped over my coffee. Um, in his hard rock mug. Um, but uh, yeah, that's if, if people want to get hold of me, go broncobilly.com is my coaching site. Mm-hmm. Hit me on you can hit me on social media too. Go broncobilly at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah. Nice. Get, there's an email form, a coaching page. Go check it out. Right. You can hit me on an email form if you want to ask we'll some questions. We'll have all um, that information in the, the inquire about coaching the post too. Yeah, I got a cell number. I'll throw that on there. His address. <laughs> They'll get his a hold of you. Address. <laughs> <laughs> people peeking through your window. <laughs> There'll be people squatting in his driveway, <laughs> <laughs> spending the night. This will be a cool place. <laughs> so what what do you got planned? For, do you have plans yet, or thinking about 2018? Uh, well, Western states. Yeah. Back in that. Yeah. Um. I'm putting in for Hard Rock, okay. so I'm hoping I get in in the lottery. Right. Um, they're four weeks apart this year, so you're little, right. an extra week mm-hmm. on the double. Um, I don't know. Spring races will be stuff here in Utah, so I'm, I was just looking at like stuff here on this side. I was looking at uh, Antelope Island, uh-huh. possibly. I was looking at <coughs> Moab, Moab Red Hot 55K. Oh, yeah. right. I was also looking at... Uh, Zane Gray, because I have always wanted to do that race. That looks it's awesome. Long yeah. old race. Gnarly hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gnarly hard. Um, I heard they m- they changed the course though. So they I did. Had, mm-hmm. They did. Mm-hmm. I just read read Beca- about that. Yeah, because of the fires or something. So right. I don't know how much how much did they change the original course. Do you I know? didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, I, I just saw the, I don't know if they had the, all the information yet. I think it just. Said I want to run the original course, course though, so I'm kind of bummed about that. Yeah. Right. So I may have to wait on Zane Gray. Um, what else? Anything I don't know. I'll probably fall? run. I would probably run something in the fall too. Another yeah. hundred. Yeah. Um, if I don't get into Hard Rock, I'll find two other hundreds to run. Like run. I kind of want to run four. Run. My wife well, doesn't necessarily like me to do. <laughs> yeah, I might run Run Rabbit again. There you go. Um, I don't know. Bear. I have bear now that I almost need to like start a tradition of running bear every year because it's here in your backyard. Yeah, Elva Carroll. Easy. Yeah. Put that on your to do list. Oh, yeah. my wife loved that we had bear in the backyard. It was oh, so right. easy for so her. So easy. Yeah, like she gets to sleep in our, and I get to. When if I finish, I just drive back home and sleep that night, and then drive back up to. That's what you did Bear this Lake. year. Yeah. yeah, you were fresh. Yeah, I got to sleep in my own bed. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I got some other stuff on my bucket list, but I, I don't really. Nothing don't, in stone. You're kind yeah, of yeah. I haven't really like. Out. I need to sit down and like figure it out. I'm right. still like digging out of boxes at my house, so <laughs> I need to get my garage unpacked before I well, there's think a, about my season. There's a pretty iconic trail race in Ogden in uh, <laughs> first part of May. That's people have been a lot of chatter. Lot What's, of that? Chatter. What's that? What's that? There's been a lot of chatter. It's the Ogden Trail Running Festival. Uh, As a start, fact. started oh, last year. Yeah, you guys started last year. Yeah, and uh, there's a Gib Wallace race. There's prize money. There is prize money. Good prize money. Yeah, for that's a short. In May. Yeah, yeah. Um, first weekend in May. Yeah, I think yeah, the that's first only like 45 minutes. First oh, place. No. First place uh, last year. Men and women walked away with you know cash and prize seven eight hundred bucks worth of stuff. Or cool. It was seven miles. Yeah, it's a it's a seven <laughs> mile race. Yeah. Oh man, that's so short. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not. It might like be nine this, this year. Yeah, Joel's got something. We got some things in the works, but yeah, yeah. you got to put that on your list. It's okay. it's it's there's oh, a lot yeah, of chatter. Oh yeah, that's like a trainer. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot. It's a total of speed work. Yeah, sweet. I like that. Yeah, I like four speed work race yeah. events. Yeah, and you're going against like these fresh post collegiate guys. <laughs> They're just crazy fast, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we had some are, you, are you putting a lot of vert in that? It's got eighteen hundred feet in a nine miler. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah, it keeps you honest. Yeah, there's a last year there <laughs> that was gives us ultra runners a little bit of a uh, just a touch fighting plus chance. There's a little, little fighting chance with that leg speed. T- there's some technical downhill. Yeah, so those college guys, but they they train on that, those trails all the time. Yeah. They know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they're local, they know it. Right? Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, 2018, there's some cool stuff happening. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's we a little ways away. Got Smut's got a hundred miler now. Yep. Scout Luke, Mountain Ultra. Luke's race. Yes, That's Luke, Luke and I were talking about that race. I might do that as a tr- the 50 miler as a trainer for Western States. Possibly. Yeah, that'd be great. And then the the new putts. Palisades race is going to open Ultra up. Trail series. There's a lot. There's just all kinds of crazy stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm. Cl- close by the Ute. Yeah. 100 down in LaSalle's down yeah. near Moab. That looks gnarly and amazing. When is that? That's August 11th. Ooh, I need to look at that one. Yeah. If I don't get into really Hard high. Rock, I might do that one. That one's all way high elevation all too. All the time. It looks pretty. Hmm. Yeah. So there's quite a few. Yeah, and I'm coaching a couple camps though, so those might come. The August slot is camps. Oh, so conflicting. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do another camp at Colorado Running Ranch. And that's down in Chrissy Mail and I are. Are you? Yeah, we're teaming up to do a Colorado Running Ranch uh, in Durango camp in August. Plus, we're the two of us are coaching. Uh, Mount Hood camp through Mazama Mountaineers. You did that one this past year. Yeah, we've year done too. that for two years. Yeah, okay. Um, so we decided we this year for Colorado Running Ranch, we were going to Carl and I were going to split up, and um, so we could have a female coach as well. We That's have a, great. Yeah. So and and Chrissy <laughs> and I have a history. We've been on you know Patagonia Trail ambassadors for a long time. And if you're right. picking a female coach to help, I mean, come on. Yeah, Chrissy. <laughs> Chrissy's an awesome coach too. She's great. She's a great person to coach with, and and it's great to have a female um, represented too yeah. for the female side of of, of uh, campers. Camp. Yeah, that's she, pretty yeah, cool. She's great, great coach. We'll have to too. look into that. That'd be. F- I've always looked at camps. I thought they. I, I don't Dude, know. I never went to so camps fun, as kids. Man. Right? They're I so went, fun. As a kid, I never went to summer camp. I never went to band no? camp. I never went to any of these camps. So it's like I'm an adult. I want to go to a camp. They are pretty fun. And we're doing them over weekends now, so we won't do them during oh, okay. the week. The Colorado Running Ranch one was this was during the week. This time it's going to be like a Thursday through Monday, mm-hmm. so you only have to burn three days of PTO nice. instead of five, or work remotely. Yeah, or work remotely. <laughs> That's true. Um, but it's pretty cool. Like we're you know the 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 Colorado Running Ranch one's really fun. And um, so when are we, when's information going to be out on that? It'll come out on ColoradoRunningRanch.com pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Um, the update of the camps okay. information. It should hit November first, probably or okay. beginning of November. Um, and there were, I think there is going to be early bird pricing. Oh. So for a certain amount of time, you'll be able to get a cheaper price, and then okay. the price will go up. But um, it's an all-inclusive camp. Like you fly into Durango or get yourself there, and they pick you up at the airport, and we cook for you the whole time, and Whoa. we eat OFM. Um, with Chrissy there, we might not eat full OFM. We'll have other options. But um, we had most of the campers were OFM athletes this last year. Like, what's your what are your like size of your camp? Uh, last year was eight people, but oh we can man. take up to, I think we can take up to sixteen or something. So, so people, you got to pay attention. That's some serious like tutelage. That's yeah, some one on one stuff, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, this is one on one. It's cool. It's a, you know the the ranch itself is. Um, got a, they got someone cooking for you, and you get a really Whoa. good goodie bag, and we have a camp. We have campfire talks every night. Wow, those are campfire in front by the creek. This is this is what I think of camp. So this oh, is it's the, awesome, man! Like we did a full OFM demystified um, talk around the campfire one night. We did race day nutrition. We talked about gear and like mountain safety and like how to deal with lightning and wow. be safe in the mountains. And so we 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 definitely dropped some knowledge on you if you. Um, especially for high altitude stuff, you know, because right. we're going into the onto the Hard Rock course yeah. in that camp. So it's a fun, it's a really fun camp because you're seeing like epic, epic Views scenery. And See, and I'm old, so every time he says OFM, I think OMD. I, I <laughs> orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Yeah, now people out there who, but every he's like OFM. I'm like they're going to beat the campfire. Oh wait, <laughs> OF. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry about that. So. 
what so for the people this is my other thing with running camp so when you're running camp down there what kind of condition should they be expected to we be want in people to, to be in uh in a solid race ready training race ready for a like, 50k like if they were gonna go run a, yeah if you're gonna go run a mar- a mar- trail marathon or at altitude yeah a trail marathon or a trail 50k kind of show up with like you know being able to run used to being out for three or four or five hours okay. for a long run okay um is ideal um, because we are running, you know, three full days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because you travel on Thursday, travel on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, Thursday and Monday. So those are just shakeouts in the evening, a shakeout morning run on, um, and I'll do a strength training, functional strength training class one day at the trailhead um, to show everybody kind of a strength routine I do. Um, Chrissy does a ton of like core stuff. She oh, has yeah. her own core routine that she teaches. So we'll do that too. Um, so there, so those three days are pretty big days. We're talking like, you know, ten to sixteen milers at altitude. Mm. So, so you know, how much a ten miler, you, people don't realize it's like they want to go run. Some we had a couple campers come in like, I want to run twenty two mile run, right. long run. You know, one of the days. We're like twenty two miles in the San Juans is different <laughs> yeah. than twenty two miles of regular altitude. <laughs> right, <laughs> you're, you're going to be out for like eight hours. Um, so like we try to like, we're trying to do scenic nice runs. One day mm-hmm. is kind of a rolly one on the, on the Colorado trail at like 11,000 feet. And another day is going up handies, summoning oh. handies. Why? Um, we do uh, do an add on for if anybody wants to go longer that day, that's, that's cool. a 10 miler, but it's like a 10 miler and you summon a 14 er. Right. Um, so every day has, we have a little, we do one day where it's ice Lake Island Lake which mm, is kind of the Grand Swamp Pass. And if people want to get up on Grand Swamp Pass and check it out, they can check it out. Um, and that's a great loop. It's like maybe 10 miler. So what's the total uh, volume that they're, they're going to run? Uh, it's two. Weekend? It's probably going to be about a 10, a f- 10, 16, and a 10. Right okay. in that neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. So they're getting 35 the 40 Serious miles. 40 miles in three days. Right. Plus yeah. the two little shakeout runs, yeah. which are like at your own pace, like right. an out and back. Okay. So we, if you're beat up, feeling beat up the last day, you don't have to run or you can just go hike. Right. Um, and then we meet back at the trailhead. Okay. So it's like we always have someone <clears throat> leading, flagging the course, and then we have a sweeper, mm-hmm. volunteer coming through and sweeping. Do they up wear a propeller the beanie? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sweep. That's I'm going to bring the hat. I got to dig the hat out of my kid's Wait, toy so box. What? How can I be the sweep? Yeah, can Joel I, just wants to wear a beanie. I just want to. I just want to wear the beanie. <laughs> just How can I be the sweep? <laughs> just volunteer. Just volunteer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You I come just, down, you camp out, you hang out, you get yeah. fed. So, yeah. You get fed, and you get to run. You're going to be probably bringing up the back of the pack, so you're going to hike a lot. Well, I always do that anyway. Yeah, so. I was going to say, Joel's How's like, any different? Joel's so like, there you've you seen my yeah. resume. We're yeah. in. Yeah. Talk exactly. to me afterwards. All right. So I'll, get Col- to, I'll put you in contact with Colorado Running Ranch. Okay. Colorado Running Ranch. So we'll have the we'll have the link so people can keep an eye on that. Do you guys have tentative date? Uh, yes, it is the beginning of August. Okay. The first weekend in August, I think, is going to be the dates. Okay. okay. So that's and it, and it is weekend. That's Vaquero weekend. The Vaquero weekend, and it is my birthday that weekend. Uh-oh. So we're going to celebrate my 47th birthday Whoa. at Colorado Running Ranch. With an OFM cake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. My wife, will, sung, make, my wife sung, will make a paleo cake. And sung to by OMD. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have prices on this yet? Is that out? I don't. I don't know what the. I, okay. They're they're deciding prices right now. They're okay. talking through what that price is mm-hmm. based on our. This last year was the first year. Okay. okay. So it's based on the expenses of last year, and I don't know what that price 
point was. is right now. I'm sorry, I don't have that information. That's right. We'll have it. We'll have a link okay. so people can keep a track on that. Because it's. I mean, I'm. That that weekend kind of has me kind of. Because you weren't going to run. I wasn't going to run El Vaquero anyway. You, you were going to volunteer. Yeah. But now it's you, it's a fun week. But it's now a now fun weekend. Volunteer. I really enjoy it. It's it's At like I look camp. forward to it. You know, being one on one with people like that, it's like awesome. That'd be awesome. Just hanging out and talking, talking, running for three or four days. I know, boy, that must suck in the San Juans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Around a campfire. Sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, man, that's some great, some great info. Yeah. Right. What do you got? Well, I was just you're you're kind of like heading towards that. Uh, we're gonna wrap the show up. Yeah. Type of feeling there. Yeah. We gotta give something away. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, good. So we're going to give something away. We've teamed up with Ultraspire. Yes. Because as we know, Jeff is a sponsored, not not just sponsored by Ultraspire, but you've been around Ultraspire since almost the inception of the company. Right. Yeah, actually, uh, back up history-wise, uh, Chrissy was originally involved with the company with the start, and she knew Bryce um, from his Nathan days, mm-hmm. and uh, um, the founder and, and designer, and uh, she got, I think I was might have been the first person on the team, yeah. besides maybe Carl. Right. So... Um, so yeah, I've been involved from the beginning. I've been giving sketches and ideas, being a graphic designer, gearhead. Um, I totally have, you know, given a lot of sketches over the years of, of ideas that have been created. Um, so. And we, we've known Bryce and, and talked to him a lot. And that's one cool thing. Cause I've been a, around enough to see how companies work with athletes and see companies who kind of don't work with athletes. But Bryce seems very open. Like you mentioned earlier, it's like you can give him a sketch right. and he seriously takes a look at it. Yeah. And it's yeah. He'll <laughs> look at it. And sometimes he might not touch it for two years because yeah. he's, it, he has to have the creative juices flow on his end. Cause he brings his own twist to the idea or mm-hmm. the concept, but that's part of like a conceptual, you know, teaming up. So I come up with like, Hey, here's a need, you know, like the pack we're giving away today uh, the velocity pack. Um, I, I came back from wearing an older pack that's been discontinued in Ultra Fjord in 2015, and I came back with some ideas. Like I needed extra like pockets to be able to stash a jacket while the pack was on in the back, and I wanted to be able to like take things in and out easily. And he and I, I basically came back and and did a sketch for him and and sent it to him, and um, and he actually made a pack. So and we're uh, gonna give one away, yes. brand new. Ultra Spire Velocity Pack. Mm-hmm. And there's a hang. They come with hang tags. They do because you can hang them in the stores, right? Yeah. Well, we had we had Jeff sign that mm-hmm. even for our winner of this pack. So we're gonna have a small little contest, right? To give away the Ultra Spire Velocity Pack, which I actually run in. I've been running in it. I love the pack because right. the, the storage and everything. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a good like a, it's a good a, like day excursion running pack. For like carrying everything, so in the mountains, like if you need like layers and food and a camera and your phone, and it's got a waterproof pocket for your phone and everything. It's it's, it's a legit. Good, yeah, it's a good like d- good good running pack. So All we're right. gonna we're gonna give one away for the podcast, and we we came up with a few ideas for the contest. Number one, the the, the obvious one, you right. have to go over and like Ultra Spire's Facebook page, right? And I we're mean, gonna check, and we'll check. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure you are. And if if you already like it, you're it's a bonus. Right? Exactly. Because we'll check to right. before we draw the winner. So you have to like their page. And what else are we going to have them do? I don't think we got past that. So, so we're going to make it up right now. This is mm-hmm. how we're going to do the contest. On this podcast, on the website, right? The okay. Trail Manners website. Right. Underneath this podcast so launch. This, this blog post. You bet. Yeah. So that's where you're going to have to leave your comment. You're going to have to leave a comment on why you need the Velocity Pack. That's fair enough. Right? I mean, because 
you have to want to use this pack. If you don't wear packs or if you just wear speed racer packs and you don't need a big one, you know, there's no need for it. But if you need this pack, we want to know why you need it. You should have a quiver of packs. Yeah, you should because you never know where you're going to go. I mean, we came into Jeff's place. He's got a quiver. Yeah. He's got the race fast. I'm going to be, and then he's got, hey, I'm going to be out there at a longer pack. Mm Mm-hmm. So leave a so first of all like the Ultra Spire Facebook page right and you know we're gonna ha- we're gonna check yeah we're gonna check and you have to like the Trail Manners Facebook page and that's easy for us to check okay so there's two two likes requirements super so easy far. clicks of buttons mm-hmm. and then on the Trail Manners website on on this blog post, on this blog episode post episode one hundred one hundred this is such a sweet episode leave why you need the pack okay easy enough easy right mm-hmm. to win easy. a pack I easy like it. and it's you get an autograph hang tag I know. and it says giddy up. Jeff Browning, Bronco. Mm-hmm. So nothing better than that. I know. So I think that's it, right? I think so. We're wrapping up show 100. Thanks, kind guys. of a monumental show. It's pretty amazing. With Mr. 100. I know. Right? Yeah, thanks. Especially for the past, because again, man, we came in your little office. Mm-hmm. So cool. It was. Cow, I was excited we were going to do Cowbell from UTMB. UTMB. Yeah. His Bear 100 plaque and mm-hmm. a multitude of other things. And there was even a package that has been delivered. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that you showed us. Yep. From WS Sweatpants. Sweatpants. <laughs> so you'll right. have to check I'm going to rock the pants, man. <laughs> Western States. And then they'll move pants. on to someone else. Yep. yep. Then they move on. So, yeah, thanks for inviting us up to your home. Awesome spot. It is. Yeah, sweet. Thanks. Welcome thanks. to Utah. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Congratulations yeah, on... Yeah, well, Utah's been awesome so far. Everyone's super friendly. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'd like to think we are. You guys are. For the it. most part. Yeah. You get... Yeah. We're, it's what friendly, is the official please. name? Utahns? I have no idea. Utahns, I guess. Utahns? Like in o- Oregon, was Oregonians. I, didn't yeah. know. A, I think it's Utahns. U-T-A-H-N-S. Utahns. That's what it is. It is now. I it just is started. now. We just made yeah. it up. Yeah, and we can do that on episode 100. Uh, great show. Uh, great information. If you're looking for a coach, if you're interested in, you know, especially adding that extra tool of OFM, man, right. uh, we'll have Jeff's information. Hit him up. Talk to him. You know, see if that's the right fit for you. Right. Um, also, check out the running camps he's got coming up because those sound just a blast um i'm already gonna go home and check it out uh, when i get there uh congratulations again on the past couple of years thank you welcome yeah. to utah thank time you. to unwind a little bit before the snow hits unpack get everything ready and we uh we hope to get you back on and see you soon yeah yeah i'm gonna chase some powder this, uh, this winter there, there we go. you go all right thanks jeff thanks guys thank you for listening to episode 100 of the trail manners podcast we'd like to thank jeff browning for taking the time to sit down with us today and we want to encourage everybody to head over to GoBroncoBilly.com. That's just a website there where you can check out his coaching stuff, all the cool things he's got going on, as well as his sponsors. We also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or swing by the website at TrailManners.com. There on the store page, you can still get hooked up with a limited edition Boko beanie, where there's other cool gear here heading into the holidays. You can look on the contact page, let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joe Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.